Hey, what's going on, guys? My guest today is not only incredibly smart and very articulate, she's also extremely passionate, and I really enjoyed listening to a lot of her views. I know you guys are probably looking at the time for this episode and thinking, whoa, that's a long one. But trust me, it's worth every minute. And I had a really great time talking to her, and I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. So please give it up for Soraya Glasper. Okay, so tell me about the park. What's going on? Okay, so the park, we literally just started this a few weeks ago. Okay. I think just in the heat of Black Lives Matter, everything kind of really caught up to us spiritually, emotionally, and we were all just feeling drained. <laughs> so I just had this idea. I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to the black women here that I'm friends with Okay. so that we can meet up and just kind of discuss how we're feeling and just also discuss how are we going to sustain this movement without losing our sanity. Yeah. Because that was definitely something that happened. Um think a lot of people maybe don't realize it, but it's so draining as a black person, just kind of going through this and seeing a lot of people in your own community in a different light, just seeing their reactions to a lot of things was, was really disheartening, but it was also just super eye-opening about how much more work there is to be done. Mm -hmm. So what are you guys doing? You're just kind of like a support group kind yeah, of? Yeah, just like... kind of like a support group and we just kind of okay. boost each other's mor morale, share experiences. Um, and just kind of talk about what should we do next. So I know last Sunday we discussed going to a, this protest coming up in Ferndale for this Sunday. So I think that's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just like a way for us to all stick together and have each other's backs. In this oh, time. that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd imagine to get, God, incredibly draining, right? Just, yes. Especially it's like we were talking of, about. It's kind of scary, too. Um, Actually, last Sunday we were in the park and this man was just like off in the distance. And I was just like, hey, we should maybe like keep keep an eye on him because he looks a little bit sketch. It's white guy. And then he walks up to us and he had this stick in his hand. He said it was a wand and he just threw it at us and walked off. Oh, what? And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe we shouldn't even be meeting in the park because this is really scary. So it's just, yeah, I'm just very on edge lately. Where you guys meet in Sequoia Park? Um, We were meeting in Carson Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. So already a little sketch. Yeah. Just like, yeah. yeah, we were just out there in the grass, you know, because it's just nice. But I think we should probably change the location up. Mm-hmm. Well, well that's that. cool that you're doing that. I saw, yeah. I caught the speech that you gave in Arcata. Mm. I was really impressed. That was really Thank cool. Thank you. I know. I, I was surprised. I honestly got back so much feedback from that. And I think I was just kind of shocked because these are kind of things I discuss all the time, just mm -hmm. not to such a large crowd. So I was really, I was really kind of shocked by the feedback I got. I had the news coming up to me. A lot of people just messaging me on Facebook that I hadn't talked to in years. And I was like, wow, I guess a lot of people really just aren't hearing about these things or aren't super aware of this stuff. Yeah, well, like we talked about, it's hard knowing what's true out there. It's hard cycling and working through all that. And then even on top of that, it's hard just being bombarded with everything that's coming out. It is. I mean, where do you where do you start? Oh, gosh. Um, Where do you start? <laughs> Okay, so for for me, I feel like just I feel like as black people, this is something we're always aware of, you mm -hmm. know. And I think it's really interesting to see others that haven't been aware of this being exposed to it and being like, "Oh my gosh," and kind of just freaking out. And it's kind of like, "Oh yeah, we know." Yeah, like, we've we, been aware. We, like we've, we've been experiencing it. Um, I really I feel like I guess for white people, the best place to start is just by listening. Because I know I've tried to have discussions with certain people 
and I really just feel like I'm talking to a brick wall. And I know I have this challenge of, oh, I'm wasting my time. Like this person doesn't even want to hear me. And then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? No, I just need to have patience. Like this isn't going to happen overnight. Like I didn't learn all this stuff overnight. And I can't expect someone who can't actually relate to this experience to just get it. So that's definitely the struggle is just having patience and understanding that it's going to take some time. Um, But I think really just continuing to have these discussions because I know it's easy to ignore it and a lot of people would like to do that because it's uncomfortable. But it's just setting us back so much further, I think, by not discussing it and acknowledging things. Yeah, well, it's hard to ignore it now because you've got all these videos. Yeah. And how do you look at those? Yeah, Yeah. How do you look at those videos and be like, no, this... This isn't real. Like, I know I don't get how a lot of people don't see it as a problem. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's what's crazy to me. Like so many things are just available right at the click of a button yeah. and people are still denying it. So I think that's what that was the source of a lot of my feelings of hopelessness because I was just like, wow, it's really in their face. And they're just like, oh, no, can't see it. Are you hearing a lot of people that are denying it? Oh, yes. Um, especially on Facebook. Oh, Facebook's just a mess. Facebook, oh Especially my Especially in the comments. Oh my, you I can't always, go I always see memes about how Facebook is a hundred years behind everything else. Oh my gosh, I really feel it's that. It's crazy. But it's like unfortunate because that's where a lot of older people who have a lot of the power and control in society are. And just to see a lot of their viewpoints was just kind of alarming. Mm-hmm. Well, do they have that much power? I mean, they're kind of on the out. Um. Okay, so I guess... I would just say that just from they they vote more. Unfortunately, young people don't really turn up at the polls like mm-hmm. they should. I think because they feel like, oh, it's not going to do anything. And the older people do. So I think I kind of think they do. Yeah, then it becomes a problem, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if every young person went out and voted. Geez, where would we be today? Oh, my gosh. Completely so, so different. So much further ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder. That's who I try to appeal to because I'm like, how do we get young people to care? So you... You must be really active with the movement then, right? I mean, if you were up there speaking, um, are you yeah. kind of dipping your I, I foot in? I feel like I am. I feel like I've definitely taken a step back in the past week or so because it started taking a toll on me. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to become so drained in this negativity that I'm not contributing to this in a positive way that's actually getting things done. And my whole thing is I just always want to be solution oriented, you know? And I know it can be really easy to just focus on the problems, but I I also feel like when you start to see it, it kind of just engulfs you. So I had to like take a step back so I can kind of recharge and um just kind of restructure what I'm doing. That's the problem is it's really easy to look at a problem and say this is a problem, but then mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to actually want to do something. Yeah, and about it's like that. how do we change it? Like what what do we do to actually make sure this isn't just like a couple a couple minutes of uproar and then gone again, you know? So that's that's really what's on my mind lately. Like how do we keep this going? What do we do to make sure this is sustainable, that real change happens and that people want to learn, make people want to learn more. Like make people realize their their impact in this. Do you have any ideas? Oh, see, that's that's why I started these meetings in the park to kind of discuss this. And my friend Gloriana and I, we actually started this group on Facebook called Power and Unity, where people share resources and like help so they can go take these conversations on with their family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, Gloriana, she's really been so awesome about caring it for me because I've been so I've been so divested in everything. But just that's one of them, really just educating people and having patience at mm-hmm. this point. I'm just being super active, calling government officials. I think if you really just put the pressure on them, I think that'll help. But I'm still trying to work with other people to figure out how do we really keep going. I mm-hmm. know Char- Charmaine Lawson, just the mother of Josiah Lawson, 
has done so much in the Humboldt County community. A lot of people don't know. She actually established a scholarship for local students, and five students from Humboldt County have been given a scholarship. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And she's organized coat drives and fed people, supported artists, and done so much for this community. So right now, I'm really kind of focused on helping her get justice for Josiah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I feel like um, it's easy to want to, like, address things going on at a national level and all these cases all over the country. But I think the biggest thing any of us any of us can do is focus on the injustices in our own local community. Because if we can't fix the problems in our own backyard, how are we going to fix them anywhere else? It's a really that, that's, good point. that's kind of my mentality about it. So I'm like, you know what? If I can't help Charmaine get justice for her son, then what Like, what am I even doing? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I feel at this point. That's a good outlook. Mm-hmm. And I mean, your ability to actually have an impact at a small scale like you know, mm-hmm. for Eureka is way bigger than, I mean, nationally, at least exactly. for the start, right? And if that, you can start... that's how I feel. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Thank I you. I did not, I did not know that she had started those. Yeah, I didn't I either. I not heard about I that. Felt, I felt so terrible that I, I really didn't know any of this until like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought I had been following his case along pretty closely, but clearly not, not close enough, or maybe just she wasn't getting enough attention. And it also just makes me kind of sad just seeing a lot of the community response towards that case. A lot of a lot of them just kind of shrug it off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm from here and seeing how people react to that. And it's just sad because he's a he's a young he was a young black man from out of this area. And it just seemed like no one here really cared about it, to be honest. Yeah, it's cra- It feels like there's so much division, mm-hmm. especially as the movement continues and as more things start to develop it seems like everyone's getting polarized Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily i mean in some cases it's good and in some cases it seems like we're hitting the extremes on kind of both sides yes which is worrying no it is i honestly didn't expect it to become so politically controversial i did not either i was like whoa why is this becoming such a partisan issue i really i really thought everyone would just be like oh my gosh this isn't okay i guess i was living in some fantasy wonderland (laughs) you know because then for me for people to just blindly defend the defend the police and police brutality as a whole I was, I was just that was very off-putting for me yeah and i just I, wish i wish everyone could just on on both sides i wish everyone could just break free of that idea of just just going along with the status quo of whatever pe- the people you support think and put out i feel like everyone's emotions are so high right mm-hmm. now that we're not I don't want to say we're not making like good choices, but we're not making the best choices. No. I think like I think everyone's just being controlled yeah. by rage and by like what happened in their emotions Absolutely. towards it. And you've got people on both sides who feel different ways and they're just going at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, where's the progress in that? Yeah, no, I know. That's what, that's what I kind of worry about, too. I'm like, I feel like everyone's kind of yelling. No one's listening. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I'm just like, OK, so how do we how do we get past that? That's going to be the next stage. That's yeah. going to be the important stage mm-hmm. on how long this actually yeah. lasts. Yeah, and I just hope we see like an emergence of some easily identifiable leaders in this movement. That's the I problem, feel like we right? We just don't have like a strong sense of who is really leading this. Like I, I personally haven't really seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have people that I like to follow, but I just don't see them being the leaders of the whole movement. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked about that on a few other podcast is it doesn't seem like there's one unifying voice Mm -mm. that's coming out of all this you have a bunch of little divisions all over the country yes that are doing radically different things there's no 
general direction. There's no general response to these questions. It's, I mean, you could look and anywhere that, and find that's, anything. That's my fear right now because I'm like, if we don't have leadership, where where is this going to yeah, go? Yeah, it's going to so burn that, out. That's what, that's what scares me. Exactly. It is going to burn out. So I'm hoping that gets established within hopefully the next month or so because it's necessary to keep things going, which is we're all going to be running off a cliff, I think, without it. I feel like some of that must stem from social media. I mean, with everyone having the ability to put their voice out, yeah. it's hard to climb over that. It is, I think. Um, and just for everyone to agree on something, I mm -hmm. feel like there's just, even within people in the Black Lives Matter movement, there's so conflict, so much conflict about how we should go about things or what should be done or what we should focus our efforts on. I think there's just so much fighting mm -hmm. um, amongst people on the same side. Yeah. Yeah, even within the movement, it doesn't seem like there's much unification. No. Let alone outside of it. Then yeah. You, that's a whole other ballgame. Yeah, and it's just, it's a little bit scary. The the white nationalism that I've seen, honestly, I have felt it over Trump's entire presidency. I ex I've definitely experienced such heightened sense of racism since he has been in office. But this, this whole thing has really taken it to that next level. Mm -hmm. And so I just worry, how are we going to find someone that can unite so many people without instilling such a sense of violence because for me i feel like a lot of people want they want a civil war like they want to they yeah. want these armed militias like they i i really think that and that kind of scares me because i'm like i don't want that like i want people just to listen and understand others but i think a lot of people want the violence and they want to resort to that so i think that's why you see things kind of really heating up on both sides well, I think it's the perfect storm, right? Everyone's been kept inside mm -hmm. for months. Not and now able you to can, work. Yeah. And yeah. now all those emotions are at their tipping point. And then you can go outside and what? Oh, we're going to go burn cop cars? Yeah, I'm in. Let's go do it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how do, you, how do you calm people down enough to have a rational discussion about what needs to happen? Ugh. Those are the big questions, right? Like, it I is. mean, what it's do you a, do? It's a huge question. Um, I really, I wish, I wish I had an answer for that. I don't think anybody does. I don't think, uh, yeah. At least not yet. I don't think one's apparent. Mm -mm. And I think everyone just adds more fuel to the fire at this yeah. point, at this point. So I'm like, I'm just hoping that we can calm calm down and really figure out how we're gonna go about things. But I'm I'm definitely I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a little bit. I do get scared leaving my house lately. My mom is scared for me. Just because of the backlash, or just because? Um, just just because of how. Every, everybody's emotions are so on high and mm -hmm. I don't want some, to see someone and that person be racist and just feel the anger of this and, and want to take it out on me in some way, you know? Mm -hmm. It's definitely... Sometimes I think, oh, maybe you're just being irrational and then it's like you turn on the news and another black person has been lynched. And so I'm like, okay, um, that's a little bit alarming. Was that a lynching case? I've been reading so much information. Have you heard about that? Did they actually... In Pal in Palmdale, there was one. There have been, I think, there have been five. Oh my god! On the news, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what like, is happening? Like, black people are not just going and hanging themselves. Yeah. Who trees. does that in a park? Yeah. I like, mean, what? I'm like that is not a thing. Like, why are these being called suicides? That makes it hard. So just to I mean, see what? that is that I, it's just really frightening, and I don't want to. I don't want to buy into that fear, but it's definitely something I have to still be aware of.
Do you blame the media at all for any fear mongering? Oh, um, absolutely. The media, the media to me plays such a huge part in it and just them not showing, they don't care about the peaceful protest. They only cared about the ones that got violent and out of control. And I know that it seemed like things had settled down to a lot of people. And then I had a friend who was in Switzerland. She'd messaged me. I think this was like last week, maybe not even a week ago that she had just gone to a protest with 15,000 people. Yeah, and it was so... Oh, wow. Yeah, and so, and I was like, wow, of course there's no coverage on that, though, even though that's huge, but I think the media is definitely responsible for a lot of what we're seeing. And even if, even with the peaceful protests, it's almost like these news outlets are almost egging it on because they're justifying it. They're like, oh, yeah, this is a great form of expression. It's like burning down businesses. I mean, that can't be the answer, can it? Um, no, I think I think the burning down businesses is a lot of people just feeling so angry mm. and and just help, helpless. Like what we've been mar- we've done all the marches for the past few years. Nothing is getting done. This is still happening. And so I saw that as just people letting their anger out and then I saw that also as a lot of people seeing a situation and taking advantage, which which was quite unfortunate. Yeah, how many people are just out there? Exactly. Not they don't I, care about I'm the sorry, cause. But I think so many so many people that were partaking in the riots are not actually thinking about Black Lives Matter oh, yeah. as a whole. So, oh, yeah. So I think that really sucks. You know, you have people like that out there sabotaging things for the people that really care. But I try I try not to focus too much on that. Just like I try not to try not to focus so much on individual bad apples i just want to focus on addressing the system as a whole Mm -hmm. because we can we can put all the cops in jail that have murdered people it's still not going to stop it from continuing to happen if we don't actually reform the policies change the laws what do you think that entails like do you believe in the whole defund the police thing do you think that that's a valid option um i believe in divesting funds into Mm into other policies and systems. Um, definitely education. The education, that's one of my biggest things that I want to address. Just because I remember in school not learning so much about black people and the history of black people. Um, and I just remember in college, all of a sudden I'm learning all these things. And it really just gave me such like a, a sense of power and I- identity of who I am that mm-hmm. I never had in high school. Like, I'll tell you, in high school, I just felt like I was, like, enslaved in the mind almost because I didn't really have a strong sense of identity of me as a black woman. Like, I didn't really know anything. It's, like, all you learn in school is, like, oh, black people were were slaves and then they were freed. But the education system doesn't give you the tools to make the connections to from slavery to the state of the conditions of black people as a whole today. Like a lot of people, like the news just portrays like the inner cities and gang violence and black on black crime, all these things they talk about, but they never discuss why things are like that. And I think that's a problem in America today. So many people can't make that connection to the past of what happened in the past and why, why the conditions exist as they do today. Um, You have things like, so during reconstruction and the civil war, the South had to rebuild their economy because it was destroyed, not having all that free labor. And you have all these slave owners getting paid for freeing their slaves. I think they're getting paid like what, $300 a slave. So basically money just going into their pockets still. And then you have these newly freed black people who had been given land and then had to return the land that the government had given them. 
and I think it's just always such a setback. Then you go to the 60s, you have so much redlining happening, banks refusing to give black people mortgage loans, white flight, you have a bunch of white people fleeing neighborhoods as soon as a black person moves in because, God forbid, they live near any black people. And I, and I just, it makes me sad that people can't see why that has an effect on things today. Um, you know, you have bank loans refusing refusing to give any kind of business loans to black communities as a whole, yet they'll, they'll give them lines of credit and help and make it easy for them to go get, to ruin their credit scores. And just really a lot of, a lot of things are in place that just keep black, just people of color as a whole held down. Well, they definitely aren't teaching financial independence, right? Which is arguably a very important aspect that we should be learning. Mm -hmm. What else, what do you think that they should be including to kind of bridge that gap? Um, in, in education? Yeah. Okay, so I think that they need to be... I, I mean, know. not to put you on the spot. I yeah. was just that, I've never heard that opinion before. I think that's really oh, interesting. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. No, I think I think they need to really be dis- discussing the the effects that all these policies had on black people mm-hmm. and not just, oh, this happened and, and then moving on. I think there needs to be more, like a deeper analysis of how the effects kind of carry over yes okay. yeah just of, of how of just the, the impact mm-hmm. of like not like oh this happened and then moving on you know like kind of analyze the impacts on society today like how did that contribute to what well i think going it's hard today? right because i mean god you could cover slavery in and of itself and mm-hmm. the events leading up to and after for years yeah. and still be relatively uninformed mm-hmm. on the subject and then what i mean you still have to cover native americans that's a whole other ball yeah. game you have to cover you know, Chinese internment camps and stuff. You have to yeah, Japanese, yeah, yeah, Japanese internment camps. Um, I think know, they the need Latino to though, because I mean, like in today, even just like with Native American people, you see so many people um, talking down on reservations and, and life on reservations, but you don't see anyone talking about the the washing of their culture out of them, of the school making Native American children go to these schools and cut their hair off, um, and just the trauma that was imposed on, on Native American on, on Native Americans, on black people, on many people. And I think a lot of people aren't able to identify um how generational curses really can affect a people. Um, you know, like if you have tra- if you see a child today and that child is being abused by their parents, the likelihood that that person is probably gonna continue that cycle with their kids is unfortunately really high. So imagine you have a whole group of people that have just been beaten, enslaved, raped, and murdered. Like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? You can't. You're not just going to free them, and everything's fine. Like that is so ingrained into them, and it's also ingrained into their minds. And so, I think that's something that needs to also be addressed. Like, there's so, there's so much trauma to unpack that is just never even addressed because it makes people uncomfortable. And to heal, you have to identify. You're, you have to identify and acknowledge your traumas to even heal from them in the first place. And that's why it kind of, it really frustrates me when I hear people talking about things like black on black crime, because you see these, these schools in these inner cities that are super underfunded because their funds come from property taxes. Okay. Well then you have redlining, you have people refusing to give mortgage loans to, to black people. Okay. So people don't even, aren't even owning homes and it's all, it all just kind of, it's like a bunch of wheels turning together, just keeping this establishment of white supremacy maintained in this country unfortunately and i know that can sound really harsh to people but it's it's really it's the reality of it 
Well, I think arguably the education system as a whole is definitely broken because I mean, there's no reason that today that certain schools should have way more funding than other Ex- schools. Exactly. With the technology that we have oh and the funding, gosh. there's no, there's just mm. no just, especially if they can dish out stimulus checks like Oh, I know Nobody's that business. was that was really eye opening to me. I was like, "Wow, they, they really, they really just had that to, yeah. to give to everybody." Okay, where was that when all these issues were happening before? Yeah, no, that was I was really like, hmm, "Okay." Yeah, if they can do that, they should be able to, you know, stifle some of that and help these schools that are struggling. Yeah, especially, I mean, utilize technology. You see that we can do it oh, clearly right now. And I think that's another that's another big thing about education. I think that technology just needs to be part of the required curriculum because oh, yeah. the rate that it's advancing in the society, it, it's it's if you don't know it, you're in the dust. Mm-hmm. And how are you supposed to to establish yourself in any in any career without those skills? Yeah. I mean, what do you do? I think I don't, it's just, it's hard because you start talking about race and like you said, it's an uncomfortable topic, right? Mm -hmm. People don't want to, that's one of the things you just don't talk about. Yeah. And I feel like that goes with history, right? When you start not having these conversations, when you start, you know, washing them out and be like, oh, you know, this happened, but yeah, we're just going to gloss over the rest of it. Then you start losing what happened. You start, and you're going to repeat that. And it's hard to overcome that if you don't know what happened. It is. And I feel like that's, I took a um u.s history course at eureka high right and it was eye-opening but even then they don't cover everything mm-hmm. they don't cover a fraction of everything i mean and then you come out into the world and you're like whoa all this extra stuff happened and yeah. you're blind to it they kind of gloss over all these touchy subjects because you're in school and yeah you should know about this but not really mm-hmm. not to an extent where you can form an opinion on it yeah but everybody does yeah that's <laughs> that's the problem that's a lot of the problem yeah too. Um, and I think also in schools, um, maybe more classes solely focused on critical thinking. I mean, I know in English courses, they tried to address, you know, analyzing things and understanding them. I think maybe just the courses strictly dedicated to that. And also I talked, I remember talking to a woman who was a professor at a college and she was trying to start a program in, at local high schools in her area where it was a class just based off teaching teaching kids how to listen to the news or read the news you know just teaching them okay what is their what is their agenda what what do they want me to believe you know just all of those kinds of things not just blindly taking it as it is you know just being able to really critique it and not take it at face value yeah i there, think i think that's just a skill that there is an argument for a financial literacy class or not financial literacy but technology like you need to be literate mm-hmm. in browsing the internet and finding out what sources are good and yeah just how how to fact check things all all of that i think that is so so needed right now and just also um, helping helping people to just have a stronger family structure i think unfortunately a lot of people have to work too much to survive and i think a lot of families can't even really spend time with each other and just like just relax i think you know i think that was that's for me been the nice thing about the corona virus virus pandemic i had so much time to really see everything that's going on in the world and pay attention because i know like before that i'm just like go 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 i can only i only have so much time to pay attention to certain things and i always feel so uninformed and i know that can definitely contribute to to maybe like a sense of insecurity of oh maybe i I shouldn't have a voice in these reasons because I don't know everything that's going on. And I, th- I think maybe a lot of people could relate to that because you just don't, you don't have time to stay informed about everything. So I think that is what tunes a lot of people out to issues. 
So I think maybe just helping people have more time to spend with their families, talk about these things. Because I think a lot of a lot of families, I feel like maybe just don't have that kind of time. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like you finally get time to relax. You really want to d- discuss a lot of a lot of things that can maybe kind of sour your mood. I don't know. Yeah, and that could be extended to you know these issues, right? Mm-hmm. You go work twelve hours busting up concrete and then do you really want to come home and listen to the news talk about all these people who have it hard when you just Mm -hmm. you know you're busting your ass six days a week yeah like i I think that's it's hard for a lot of people to do it's hard for me to do at times mm -hmm. but a lot of a lot of things keep me up at night because i just have such an idea of what i feel like an acceptable society should be and then when i i tune into reality the reality of the society we're living in and i just think to myself wow like this is this is really how the world is operating, and I I as one person can't do anything to fix it. So I'm like, how do I get other people to care enough to want to spend time fixing it? Because I know a lot of people like they'd rather you know do things that bring them joy, and I t- I totally understand that. But I'm like, other pe- other people can't even have joy at all. So that's that's something that's really hard for me is acknowledging my own privilege and just just wondering like how do i how do i do things something to help anyone else i gotta be honest i'm not a fan of the word privilege no how i got i just think i don't even bear with me because i've not i just it's i haven't really processed this thought yet but i think that oh man i don't even know how i'm gonna say this i think that obviously everyone has privilege Mm -hmm. if you were born in the u.s that right there is a privilege Mm -hmm. um there i don't think that privilege is something that will be erased i feel like everyone needs to start turning their focus because oh it definitely won't be so yeah if you have, always going to be yeah regardless balance. of if race is an issue 100 years in the future there will always be privilege if your parents have money and you were born into that family you have a substantial privilege if your family has connections in a certain industry you have a huge privilege i think that everyone is everyone is so consumed with these labels of oh privilege hashtag white white silence or hashtag like all these things everyone's so attached to these ideas that they're not looking at the root causes and addressing that right so we can't solve privilege but we could work at creating some initiative that you know helps those in poverty rise up out of poverty okay and then maybe we erase that privilege a little bit right but i don't think the i think the idea that we can you know make people feel guilty for their privilege that that is magically going to solve the problem And I'm worried that that's the direction everyone thinks we need to go. Yeah, I see. I don't think it's necessarily making people feel guilty of their privilege so much as it is just being aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because of the simple fact. Okay, so the other day I'm watching the news and and I see this family. And they are having to panhandle because the coronavirus has really just put them out. And the the mom, it was a, a mom and her husband and their daughter, their young daughter, and they're and they're just out there. Um, and she, the mom's talking about how embarrassing it is and how she wishes she wasn't out there. And then you have the, their little daughter who's like turned away, didn't want to be on camera because she's so embarrassed. And she she said she just wants people to know that it's really it's a really terrible thing to experience and go through. And that they're they're not just out there um, just asking for money. Like, they just really, they need help. Um, And so I think for us, I don't think we should be getting offended maybe by the term privilege. Just more like just acknowledging it. Because there there are people, 
in that predicament all all over this country and like you said it, even though it is a privilege to be born here so many people are still are living in that kind of condition and i think if we if we can acknowledge our own privilege it'll it'll just make it easier for us to to help people like that um if we don't if we don't see that we're lucky and we're in a in a better position than them i think we don't feel any any need to help them or we don't we feel like oh I'm not I'm not privileged like why do I have to help them you know mm-hmm. I so I, I that's how I see it I get that I get maybe that's not so much privilege but acknowledging you know that you're in a good circumstance mm-hmm. that you're lucky which I mean I feel like most people do that right or is that not a good assumption? oh I, oh I don't think so I think a lot of people see poor people and put the blame on them Mm. I think people totally, totally do that blame. It's like a lot of people are blamed for being poor. And I think that's why the family was trying to explain, like, we don't want to be here. We don't want to be doing this, you know, because panhandling, it's, um, I think it makes a lot of people feel shameful and they feel it's embarrassing and it's hard. And then a lot of people see them and just think, oh, wow, they just want to hand out, like, go get a job. It's like, where, like, what kind of job do you want them to get and look at? Look at how much it costs just to just to own a home in California, even just to rent a home here. It's so expensive. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Especially compared, I mean, if you go to another state, like even, you know, Arizona drops substantially. If you go down mm-hmm. south, drops way more. You could get a seriously sweet house yeah. for a fraction of what, you know, it costs to rent here, mm-hmm. basically long term. But I don't. When you say it like that, yes, I get it. Mm-hmm. I think acknowledgement of that you're fortunate to some extent is definitely valuable because if you can't then how do you how, how do you, you feel the need change? to help them yeah you you just you just don't see it you see it as we're all in the same we are all born in the same predicament and i think a lot of people say well i worked hard so i deserve this and they didn't so that's why that's why they're in that situation i, I think really that is how a lot of people see things and that's just really not the case well some people do work hard some people, I mean, I mean, oh no, pe- people definitely work hard. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. People definitely work hard. And they, I, I think a lot of people are able to achieve the American dream. But the unfortunate thing, there's just a lot of people that work hard and aren't able to do that. Sometimes it really is just circumstantial. It is. That you get dealt, like, especially with the virus, right? So many people were just barely making it. And now, mm-hmm. through no fault of their own, I mean, the whole economy closed. Now they're out of a job. They might be out of a house. They can't provide for their families. I mean, what did they do wrong, right? They didn't do yeah. anything. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just happened to them and now they're in this position in life and it's going to be incredibly difficult to rise out of that. It is. And so that, and so, and luckily, well, that family that I saw, they were white, but it's just like, okay, so imagine if that were a black family. Things can, can go a lot differently in that case because there's there really is still so much so much racism embedded in this country and it might not be so blatant and someone calling you the n-word or saying oh we don't want him here because it's black comes more in the form of microaggressions you'll often hear black women talking about how when they go apply for a job they always make sure to wear straight hair and do everything to give off this appeal of whiteness because they they have to because a black woman goes in there with a the fro and all of it just 
it's just a known thing. You know, you just don't get the job. That seems so crazy to me. It's, I don't, I don't crazy. understand it's, that. It's a real thing though. I, I would, yeah, but I, I can't believe that that's actually I mean, there's, there was, had, or it was a law passed in California to protect black women so that they can wear their hair naturally and not be um, discriminated in the workplace. Really? Yes. So this, this is really a wow. thing. Um, I, my own personal experience with that, when I was living in Eugene, Oregon, I was working at a pancake house and I remember I went and got my hair braided. I got box braids and my boss, he is an old white guy and he was so mad that I got my hair done like that. He started calling me these stereo, stereotypical black girl names. Once I, once I got my hair braided and just harassing me every day at work, um, the other girls I worked with, they felt really bad for me. Um, they would tell me, oh, just ignore him. Like, he's just rude. He's old. Da, 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 da. And it just made me feel so, so, like, terrible that I got my hair braided because normally I had my hair straight at work. And so then when I finally got my braids taken out and I came back to work, he says to me, oh, there's my pretty girl. Oh, well, that guy's just a piece of shit. And I, I, just, wanted, I just wanted to vomit. I was just so, like, oh, my God, like, this is really how they think. And even even his daughter, um, once I once I got my hair redone and I got just had it like long and straight, she's like, Oh yes, I love that. This is the be- this is my favorite look that you've done. And I was just like, What they just have such a problem with blackness. And then uh black people would come into the restaurant, they would say, Oh, whatever they want, just give give it to them, give them anything they want. And I was just laughing to myself because I'm like, they really think that black, like just do anything for them so they don't freak out because they don't want to be accused of being racist. And it's like, black people don't want that. Like, you're not, you don't need to go out of your way to do it, make sure that black people are like, just so you think that they don't think you're racist, just treat them how you would anyone else. Like, and the fact that they even have to say that to me just shows that the way they're thinking is just like a us versus them mentality. Yeah, I can see that. I can't, that's, well, the problem is there are, I mean, there are racist people mm-hmm. and as much as we would like to get rid of them and as much as our society would benefit, you know, if everybody wasn't racist, I don't know if that's going to go away. I mean, there's racism. It's in everything. Oh, to it is. Some it's, it's not mean, even just in the United States. It's everywhere. It's y- definitely, like I said in that speech, it is such a global issue. Yeah. But um, it's on anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like the idea that, you know, you can't be racist to white people. I think you can be racist to anybody. I've seen racism for a number of different people towards white people, from white people. Yeah. Asians will get, they'll throw down on other Asians. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I think it's just some, like, I don't know what it would have stemmed from, some evolutionary byproduct of something that we just look for any reason to put another person down yeah and it's just crazy that we resort to skin tone mm-hmm. for a significant portion of it that's just crazy yeah um i think i think just racism it just helps to maintain white dominance i personally don't don't think you can be racist to white oh you people, don't white people, okay. just because they they have the power in society mm-hmm. if, if they didn't then then i think yes you could but as long as they have all the power in society you can be you can be prejudiced towards them i don't think you can be I don't think white people can really experience racism because they're not in a state of sub of subordination or lower lower class to really feel the effects of it. So they can say, oh, this black person was racist to me. They don't like me because I'm white. But it's like, OK, how has that really impacted your life?
in society? How does that really impact your life? So it's it's more so a power dynamic. It's oh, it's totally a power dynamic. That's uh, I think that's what this is all about, and I think that's why once slavery was ab- was abolished in 1865, you have all of these in the South. You have a lot of poor poor white Southerners who are super angry because now technically they're on the same level as these black people. Meanwhile, these they were l- literally just slaves a few years ago, and now and now they're on the same level. So that's why you just see this incredible incredible heightened amount of violence in the years pursuing that because they don't want to accept that. And even this is just this is something that this is a phenomenon that has persisted throughout time. Um, I don't know if you know who Ida B. Wells is. She is an activist. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that initially got her started was a few of her black friends had actually opened up a store and the white people were super angry about that. And I think I think they did destroy that store because the thought of black people being self-sufficient and being successful has always threatened white supremacy. And I think that's also why you see the what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Tulsa race massacre. You see these completely self-reliant, thriving black communities. And then the ra- you see these racist white people going, oh, wow, they're really they really think they can do that. And that's what, and you see them drop bombs on U.S. soil. Is it just? Is it racist white people or is it just racist people? It's I mean, it's, ra- be... it's racist people. They don't okay. they don't they don't have they don't have to be white. It's yeah. just in America that's that's I feel typically like it, what we see. Yeah, but no, it like, definitely doesn't have to be like I that. I feel like that combination gets thrown around. Yeah, it definitely does. It's just because it's what we see here, mm-hmm. but unfortunately i know like in china in china racism towards black people is also a really huge thing and right now what you see happening i well i don't know if a lot of people see it um china's really trying to enforce this imperialist agenda over africa they're trying to just come over you know because africa is super rich in natural resources so everyone everyone wants a piece of the pie and the racism that africans have experienced by the at the hands of the chinese there is crazy and it's happening it's happening right now but no one's really focusing on it because this is what happens when when you have anti-blackness as a global issue no one no one really cares about the plight of black people anywhere and so that's how people are just able to to get away and just take 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 is Af- do you know if africa is taking steps to prevent that i mean do they have oh any- yes i know one of one of the countries actually just um, kicked, kicked the Chinese out and they said they refused to do business with them because they're not respecting them. I can't remember which one it was exactly, but I know that that just happened literally a few months ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of stopped paying attention to all that uh, once this... once Because there's so much going on. It's just, it's just so much to, to keep up with. What do you think of the tearing down of the statues? What is your take on I, that? I, t- I honestly, I totally understand it. Um, I think that's just what happens when you see, when you have so many groups of people whose histories have been wiped away and people are angry. And then you see these statues of people that committed these terrible atrocities. And it's like, why should we be honoring them? And and why should they represent our country? So I I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I don't see what's wrong with putting those statues in a museum and educating the public about the atrocities committed so that we don't so that we don't repeat them do you feel that same way about like the union statues and like abraham lincoln and stuff um yeah 
Oh, really? I mean, Abra- Abraham Lincoln, I know it's like, okay, he was the president in office mm-hmm. while slavery was abolished. It's not like he was really fighting for the for the rights of of black people in this country i don't think i think that i think a lot of a lot of those things are more driven by economics because slavery is it's an economic institution it's not like people said oh let's have slavery because we hate black people it's oh let's have slavery because this can help us make more money it's it's always been about money and that's why you today you see this school to prison pipeline and I think a lot of people always want to say, oh, lock them up, lock them up. And it's like, okay, well, we as citizens, as taxpayers, we're paying for for the government to continuously lock up so many people. Meanwhile, these huge corporations are the ones benefiting from all of the prison labor and get, gaining all the profits. And I think a lot of people aren't making able to make that connection. Like, oh, so we're paying for the, for these workers, basically the prisoners. We're paying to house and feed them. Then you have these mega rich corporations benefiting from this labor. And then you have these same corporations with their uh, lobbying offices in D.C. just lobbying the politicians to keep everything going. Yeah, the argument is that... Um, I mean, they literally the, build police squad co- They assemble those police squad cars in prison. Oh, do they really? Yes, they do. I have wow. actually talked to someone who was in prison and that's what I was told. I did not know that. Yeah. No, a lot of people don't know a lot, a lot of this stuff. But it happens. And if you don't, um, if you're in prison and you refuse to work, they send you into the hole, into solitary confinement. So you have to work. You have to work. Oh, I didn't know that. No, you don't don't get to refuse to work. You have to work. Wow. And, you know, and you're getting paid cents on the hour. Yeah, I knew that. There is a strong argument that that is just an extension of, you know, like indentured servitude or slavery. Exactly. There's a strong argument for that. It definitely is. My problem, I agree... The statues thing, I've been trying to formulate how I feel about that. And I understand the Confederate statues. Mm-hmm. I completely get that. Mm-hmm. On top of, you know, them being racist. And it, it's kind of like it would be a stain on the United States. I mean, these yeah. people wanted to destroy America. They wanted to secede mm-hmm. from the Union, you know. So I get that. But, like, when it gets to, like, Abraham Lincoln or, like, you know, pulling down statues of like the founding fathers or, you know, all these other people who, you know, were monumental in creating, you know, the fruits that we are all enjoying from today, I guess, to some extent. Then it's like, then I don't know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't worked through that enough. I don't, I don't know if I just don't understand it. Yeah. Or if I, you know, I don't know. I, I've been trying to figure that out, I think, to some extent. Just because it seems like, I mean, if you go back far enough, everyone's done bad things. Mm-hmm. Not to justify anything, of course, but, you know, I would imagine that most of our founding fathers had slaves. They I would did. Imagine. Yeah. Except uh, Sam Adams. Oh, um, he didn't. He didn't. He actually said he detested the institution of slavery and he found it abhorrent oh, wow. that, it, that it existed and he refused to have slaves so that's, I would imagine, that's just a little fun fact yeah i would imagine that was definitely the i wish that was more known i was like i wish he yeah he that's could cool be more, i didn't more know praise that. today for yeah because i appreciate that throw up a statue of him there's mm-hmm. got to be one somewhere. i know i was like where's this where's the sam adams statue yeah but um no i don't know i mean i think that kind of extends back to you know holding on to the history and not trying to erase it. I think even Mm -hmm. keeping those statues up, yes, we can look at someone and recognize that they were not perfect. I don't think anybody's perfect if we get down to it. But just because 
So then it gets dicey because if you take what they did that was beneficial for you and use that to say, well, yeah, they did these other things, but look at what they did for me, right? Mm -hmm. Then it gets a little dicey. Yeah. But I mean, they did, they did incredible things for their time. And so then it's like, I don't know, I would want those statues to be up. Yeah, we should be talking about, yeah, this was a, you know, this person did great things for America, but they also did this. I think we should be having those discussions of, yeah, these people aren't perfect, mm-hmm. right? See, and I think that's where a lot, a lot of the problem comes from today, because we're unfortunately we're not having those discussions, mm-hmm. and so I think that's why you're seeing a lot of this anger and this just wanting to tear them down because that's that's not happening, that and we're it, and we're not really sense. we're not really like respecting the history and yeah, honoring that's a good point. Happened, Actually, I hadn't know? thought about that. So yeah. it's like maybe if we if we did do that, there wouldn't be these so, calls to yeah. tear everything down. Mm-hmm. Well, my problem is how do you have these conversations um, outside of like your immediate friend circles, right? Because if you just go and, you know, talk to someone who you're buddies with, but you're not that close, it's hard to have a conversation like this because you don't know how they're going to interpret what you're saying. And you don't know where you have to be careful saying things because mm-hmm. you don't want to be called a racist. And that word gets thrown around so much. I today. know. Honestly, I'm. that's one thing that I've also seen kind of... Um especially uh i think a lot of white liberals they start oh my they God. start kind of calling uh everybody racist oh right and i'm just like okay wait what i i saw some, i saw some, something get posted of, of someone being racist and i was just like okay i'm not really i'm like we, i just i don't want that word to just be thrown around at any at anything um just because i don't want it to lose its power i think like, it I, is. I think that when people are are called racist like they should i, I just, should well, I just want i just yeah exactly yeah so that's what i'm a little bit afraid of and then also just just touching on that um i think some oftentimes white liberal like white liberalism can be kind of dangerous for for black people i think um, it could be dangerous for everybody yeah for everybody um just first of all i just i have such problems with liberal elitism and this whole notion of oh i'm woke you know yeah we can agree but on that like, but it's like oh do you do you actually care about black it's people all this or, or do you actually care about the, uh, about people of color and what they yeah. go through or do you just want to stroke your ego and feel like you're so smart but yet you actually contribute in some way or form because there's there's definitely a lot of racism in academia like people people always think that these universities are super liberal which i mean i guess they are like technically but it doesn't stop it doesn't stop these people from being racist so I just I just wish that more people could be able to identify and acknowledge that because yes, while we can all agree that Trump is just just says these outrageous things that are just overtly racist and it's clear that it's racist, I think it's super important to be able to identify that within um just liberals and de- and Democrats as a whole too because it's it definitely exists there. They're just to me just the the lesser of two evils. But I think that's why we haven't really made it that far as a society. Because we just always, a lot of people tend to say, oh, well, they care. I'm like, no, they they don't care. I think that is my problem with That's why universities. I, mm-hmm. Is you get indoctrinated into these far left extreme views. Mm-hmm. I mean, you walk onto a campus and it's, it's like it's a different world. It's so far to the left. It's, I mean, which is good in some ways, like some of their views are good and would be great if they were implemented in society, but some of them are, it's just, it's too, it's too far. It's just too far. It's like, what are we doing here? What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, where do I start? I think that, I think that 
if you, however you identify, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does not affect me. And I, I'm a firm believer that if something does not affect me, then, you know, my opinion on it should be limited because why do I care how you identify or what you leave your sex is like, that is great. I support you. I'm totally for it. I think that's great. I think you should be able to do what you want to do, you know, but I don't think that like reducing speech to some extent, right? I think Mm -hmm. that when you start reducing people's speech, even if it's speech you don't agree with or you don't like, Mm -hmm. I think that's how you get these polarized bubbles that lean the opposite way. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, you know, well, I think the reason that we see Trump in office today is because the left, the extreme left went too far and the right moderates and the extreme right all, you know, revolted against that and bounced back with, okay, well, you guys want to go this way. We don't want that anymore. We're going to, we're going to flip. We're going to turn and do a 180. You know, I really, I really see that, that point. Um, I, th- I definitely feel like I, that is kind of what happened. I just worry, um, like what you said about hate, just like let free speech and just letting people say what they want. But I just wonder at what point does that become a harm to society? Well, I don't mean like hate speech. Like you mm-hmm. shouldn't be able to, you know, say racial slurs to people. I don't think that's, that doesn't benefit anybody. Mm-hmm. But I've talked about it before. If you on Twitter and stuff, if you dead name somebody, do you know what that is? No, I don't. So if there is a person who transitions, right? Say from male to female mm-hmm. um, and you call them, you know, you use male gender pronouns, you can get banned from Twitter. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I have a problem with that, not because I'm, you know, anti-transgender or I don't like transgender people. I don't like, I don't like the censoring because that isn't hurtful speech. That's just speech that you don't like. And I think there's a distinction in that, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you start censoring speech off of what you don't like, rather than what is, you know, genuinely not constructive for society... Then you start getting into problems because then who censors speech, right? So now what? We can't say, like, if you say retarded, people get mad at you, Mm -hmm. which that's just, we're putting too much weight into some words. Other words, yes, it's valid. But some words, it's like, what what are we doing, guys? Why we're going to start censoring speech just because it doesn't make us feel good? Like, that's kind of where my problem stems from. Just because I don't think, I think in today's world, we're teaching kids that, the world is going to make you feel good. The world is going to do things that, you know, you agree with. And if you have a problem with it, then you need, then tear down the system. But the world sucks sometimes. The world is a bad place. It's gonna, you're going to go out into it and things are going to hurt you and they're going to break you down. And what's important is you get back up. And that's what we should be teaching kids is not everyone's going to be nice. Not everyone's going to want to be your friend. But as long as you can find something inside of yourself that, you can use to, you know, keep yourself grounded in who you are because their opinions don't matter. That's what I think should be the takeaway from everything, you know? But I feel like with the extreme left, it's the opposite. It's, oh no, you don't get to say things that I don't like. And that scares me on like a grand, a bigger scheme just because where does that stop, I think. So, okay. Just so, went on a little so, right so, so dead name, dead naming is... Um... Adre- addressing someone using the wrong pronoun- pronouns yes. okay yes. and is that is that something that is done intentionally or by accident i've seen cases where it's done on accident right so the mm-hmm. person may have previously been called max or been a guy and the person was like oh whatever dude you mm-hmm. know which is gets thrown around it's gender neutral mm-hmm. everyone calls everyone dude banned from twitter okay and usually it to be fair usually it's these um republican voices 
which I mean, that's we're just censoring views that we don't agree with. I think yeah. to some extent, which is dangerous. No, that that definitely is dangerous. Yeah. Um, I I do wish I was able to to sit down with uh, more conservative individuals and just have discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, pref- preferably just in person. You know, I think it just makes for a much more real discussion. Online things just you tend to tend to get really ugly and disrespectful really quickly. Yeah. Um, but I. D- I'm wondering how do we how do we bridge that gap? How do we get people to actually? Because I would be totally willing to listen to a, a group of conservatives and and to, to have an actual discussion with them. I don't know that other that they would want that. It's as long as it's productive. Yeah, is my point. If mm-hmm. we're just gonna get up there and start cussing at each other mm-hmm. or start bashing each other based on other things and okay, what's the point? Mm-hmm. We're just it's like talking to a wall. It is. But if we're gonna have if we can go up there and actually you know, work through our ideas. I think that's how you see people change. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it just comes also just from a place of just like being respectful. So, yes. so I, I, I could understand how like if a, if a trans person had, t- had told you their pronouns that they'd prefer to be addressed by and then the person refused mm-hmm. to, to use those pronouns because they don't, they don't believe that that person, um, like they don't just, they don't believe, a lot of people just don't believe in that trans people like, and who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, a, a tra- they're not going to want to listen to someone who won't even acknowledge who they are as a person. So I think that's important. I'm not talking just for, like, the censorship. I'm just talking about people just coming together and having yeah. a discussion. I think on, on all sides, everyone has a, has a responsibility just to, just to have um, just respect for others. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, okay, how do they want to be addressed? You know, just, like, treat people how you want to be treated, basically, kind yeah. of thing. Well, yeah, you don't have to like the person to to be willing to talk to them and treat mm-hmm. them with respect and yeah. have a conversation with them. You like don't, you don't you don't have to agree with it. I just yeah. think if everyone just was like, okay, well, this is how they want to be addressed. I'll I'll address them this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it. I think the respect is missing, and especially with something like the, being a transgender like that, it's just it's already a conversation that's you know out there, and mm-hmm. it's harder for some people to have, and you know, people have beliefs different ways. Right. And so then it's hard, right. It's just hard right there. Cause mm-hmm. if you go into it and you're like, okay, I don't even believe, you know, I think that this, you, you have, you know, what do they say? Gender dysmorphia or, you know, it's some mental disability that is causing you to feel this way. Then it's harder to have a conversation with mm-hmm. that person. I feel like, yeah. which I would, I would understand, but I don't think that censoring them and censoring their views just because they don't, agree with you i just feel like that's dangerous no i think i think it's definitely dangerous and i think like you kind of echoed this sentiment i think it's why we are where we're at today yeah. you know yeah i think there's a, a very valid argument so that it's made. it's unfortunate because it's like okay so we can't be heavily censoring everything and limiting what people can say and then it's also this other side of oh wow people are really saying these awful things and it's it's kind of really harmful to to society so i'm just like okay so how do how do where we, do you draw the line yeah where do you yeah where do you draw the line where do you fix that where does where does that become da- when does that become dangerous and i know um at hsu i don't know if you recently saw the video of the students saying the n word I, I actually talked with i had dustin on the podcast last week and we actually talked a little bit about it yeah and so a lot a lot of people said oh well you shouldn't you shouldn't be expelling them over over hate speech like they have they can say that like and i'm like okay the girl is studying criminal justice Mm -hmm. and this is literally the system that we're all fighting to to fix right now and also 
we're all we're all students at this school and we all want to hold each other accountable and if a, if a lot of the people don't want that person representing a place where they are where everyone's paying thousands of dollars to get this degree from and then also allowing allowing her to go out into this in, into that system and work in that field and for for us to all know that that's how she thinks and still and still allow that to happen i think is just really is really dangerous I when I was talking to Dustin about it, I kind of had a more middle ground approach, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with what she said. I think it's pretty messed up. I think she was I don't know if she was just saying some salacious wild things just to try to get a reaction out of somebody or if she thought, you know, her she had what like two friends in the video or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were hyping her up and they thought that this was a good idea. I don't know what was going through her head, you know. Um, but I don't, I don't know if expelling her is the answer. I think that, cause if you expel her, there are two possibilities, right? She gets shamed so much that she turns her opinion, which might not be a bad thing, right? If she isn't racist, if she was racist, if then she wouldn't be right. Mm-hmm. Um, or she then gets hyperpolarized and leans into that group and, who knows where she goes from there. Maybe she leans into those views and becomes even more racist and mm-hmm. then links up with other racist people. And you just have this group of racist people that are now in this bubble because they can't do things. Yeah. But if you leave her in school and maybe this wouldn't happen, I have no, I, I'm just speculating, but if you left her in and you had people talk to her, I'm a, I'm pro conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So if I don't agree with you, I want to talk about it. I want to try to understand where you're coming from. Maybe adjust my opinions or, you know, maybe make a valid argument that adjusts your opinions. Mm-hmm. And I think if people talk to her and they're like, okay, first off, like what, what, what were you doing? You know, maybe, I mean, I don't want to, it's hard because I don't want to justify it. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a good thing. But maybe if we, if somebody talked to her, you could change that. I think through conversation is how you change someone who is racist into someone who's not racist. Mm-hmm. There's a guy and I for, I can't remember his name and I feel so bad about it. He is a black musician. He plays jazz. Uh, a really great jazz the, musician. The guy that goes to the KKK. Yeah, rallies. and converts yeah. people. Mm-hmm. He's converted. It's like 150 members that he's converted yeah. and I think that is, I think that's, I mean, that's just crazy. That's awesome that he does mm-hmm. that and he does that through talking to them mm-hmm. whereas most people myself included i'd be like okay f you like i don't want anything to do with what you guys are doing S- just stay over there you mm-hmm. know what i mean but and that's what kind of opened me up to this new opinion is that maybe through talking to people like that maybe that's how we get through to them yeah i mean because clearly shutting them out is not working because there's a ton of people who are racist still mm-hmm. out there so what i don't know maybe i mean i think it's just the, the struggle with that is Okay, so we're already having to deal with that and with a society in which we're the minority mm-hmm. and we do have so many racist people and then okay, and so then now we also have to take on the burden of of educating these people when they're the, when they are the ones who really are in control of the society. So I think for me that that's really hard and also 
um, being being able to go to co- to college, like not everyone is able to do that. I know I don't like this word, but that in itself is honestly it's it's a privilege. It really is. Like mm-hmm. if you're someone that you can afford to not have to work a full time job for four years and you can go get a degree, which is something that only I think what seven percent of people in the whole world have a have a four year college degree. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. And so you're you're able to go be one of those lucky few lucky few i don't know i just think you should you should have to be held to to a higher standard and i think when when you're using terms like that um there's gotta i don't know i think there's gotta be some kind of some kind of price to pay and i I saw her apology and it was just so just oh i didn't see her it was just so weak it was just i I swear i swear a lot of these people are just getting this like template apology because all these apologies (laughs) look the same i'm like like, are you guys guys just sharing this little template around putting putting your names a word doc they're just that's that's what it looks like yeah not genuine at all yeah so so i was that was unfortunate like i wanted to i wanted to see something something genuine and then i didn't the frat never never addressed it either oh it was a frat that was the the guys yeah at all but and the fact that it doesn't surprise us is just un- unfortunate in itself. Well, part of the reason it doesn't surprise me is I was in a frat for a little bit, but they're these are just kids, mm-hmm. and I'm not justifying their actions. I'm just saying they're not even fully formed mm-hmm. yet. They have wild opinion. Every most people in college have no idea how the world actually works, and they're just spewing things 90 percent of which should just be thrown away because it's like you don't even know what you're talking you think you know you know you have no clue and i don't know where i was going with that actually it just i don't know i mean obviously the only reason she apologized is because it blew up Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i can't imagine she would have apologized for any other reason Maybe she feels bad. I just I wish she would have apologized to the girl that she she sent the video to, or just or just maybe even acknowledged in her apology that she did go out of her way to apologize to that girl. I'm like that's that's the very first person to to apologize to. I mean to the to the public and the rest of your your HSU community, yeah. But if you're not even acknowledging that you apologized to that girl and that it was wrong to say that to her and just kind of have your little buddies with you and you guys were all saying that and just. That's bullying. Well, for one, that that See, that, so that, that alone is just ugly to me. But then to just so maybe her being expelled is the answer because you almost don't want to condone that kind of action, exactly. or maybe not expulsion, but academic suspension mm-hmm. for a term. Some consequence almost Some, seems something like... more than not being able to to partake in extracurricular activities. Oh, that was her punishment. That I think that's what all of all of them received. Um, they they weren't allowed to to partake in their extracurricular activities. I'm like, okay, that is nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, especially it's there's just not really any clear cut answer. Like mm-hmm. you wish that there would be. Okay, this is where we need to go, right? But there's really and it's like if you're at school and you're supposedly getting this education, you would think that would, I don't know, entail something, mm-hmm. right? Some sort of protection, some sort of just being being anti racist, which I, but I don't know. So I don't I don't know I don't I don't like the the thought that someone with that mindset can can be on campus with me like that mm-hmm. I have to share halls with this person, and they get to, they get to get the same degree that I'm getting while I'm out here trying to help people and then there's people like that that want to go into the criminal justice system, um of all of all paths to take with that mindset, 
and I think that's a lot of the problem. Like I wish we could, we could change the type, the type of person that is drawn to that, to those careers. Well, I think you can find people, just shitty people anywhere mm-hmm. in any profession, whether they're racist or just not good people. Mm-hmm. I think you can find them anywhere. You can obviously find them in the police force. I think you could find them in the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. You can find them as politicians. I mean, there are so many people in so many different fields. You have to figure a portion are yeah. just not going to be good people. Yeah. I mean. No, def- definitely. I just. It, it sucks. It, it seems like, I don't know if it if it's the, the police force to me, just seems like it predominantly attracts a lot a lot of those types of people. Or if it's just the fact that they're just one of the there's an occupation society that is given um, a gun and you have power and and power to power attracts to establish dominance over people. Yeah. And so maybe just weeding out people who want that power. Well, they definitely need to do a complete overhaul. In my opinion, I don't know if defunding is the answer. I think reallocation Mm -hmm. of funds is Mm -hmm. definitely the answer. I think, I I think that's what people mean too, but by defined, I think, there's like people saying defund defund the police and then there's abolish the police. Well, yeah, in Minneapolis, and I think the city council yeah. passed that. Mm-hmm. Which what is what does that look like? I don't feel like that. That's that's what I'm still still. I don't wondering. think that makes anybody safer. I I I wonder. I I know. I think it's Camden. It's a place that they started doing that, and they said things have been pretty safe. I'm not too versed on what that looks like. But honestly, I'm someone that really, I value creativity mm-hmm. and just changing how we do things. So I'm, I'm, I personally am interested in hearing others' ideas of how to get things done and just changing, changing things. I think I'm not, I'm not sure what it, what it looks like, but it's got to I, I appreciate people with vision that are, are throwing out these ideas. Willing to try something. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't want to get too comfortable with being like oh it has to be like this because it's been like this and what will it what will it look like without it you know mm-hmm. so just kind of imagining imagining a better society and how that would look like i think if nothing else they should have a degree I, and on I top think, of that i think so too yeah and on top of that they should have like actual de-escalation training mm-hmm. and they should have um we were talking about it i was talking about it the other day with austin they should have you know like jujitsu training and it's not like it's just um police brutality against black people it happened it happens like to, to white people too to latinos to, to everybody it, it's just it's really a lot of it is a is a power issue it just gets exacerbated when when race comes into effect but i remember a few years ago i was watching this video um the cops had been called on this man in arizona and the guy that they had been called about was it was a white guy and there's a video and the guy is on the ground like he, this man is literally practically in tears because he's just like following orders and he's scared you know because cops have a gun pointed at him they're literally giving him contradict sorry contradicting orders you know and they they have him laying on the ground and then they're just like yelling at him and he's like doesn't know what to do they end up shooting him yeah and i i was disgusted watching it because there was absolutely no reason to shoot him this man was in fear like shaking trembling crying in fear and and this cop was on a major power trip Killed him. And you know what was on, on his gun? Hmm. Excuse, excuse my language. His gun had the phrase, get fucked on it. Uh, I and, mean, what do you... And what, nothing, what? Nothing, nothing happened to him. No, no repercussions. 
So I think a lot of it um, also is just like a just a lot of male male violence. Like I, I know that's like tends to be like a, a very male male oriented issue. Is just having these these issues of power power dynamics and wanting to exert control over others. Yeah. I just think I mean, it's... and look look at all the look at all the sexual assault and rape cases and allegations that just go unsolved. Well, I mean, look at the military for that too. Exactly. And how many they just sweep. Like under look, the look rug. at the Vanessa Geeling case. I don't know if you've Who's been following missing? that. Yes. Reported it was a sexual assault mm-hmm. against her sergeant. From, from her sergeant, yep. And Who's I just gone? watched more updates this morning and it, it just to me it seems like it's such a cover up of something. The one that gets me with the cops or some cops, I don't want to generalize all cops, but with some cops is, you know, you see the videos of them asking for this, who, the person that they're talking to, to, you know, I need to see your identification. They go to reach for it. And then, yes, that's, that is honestly something that really scares me. Um, for especially all like my male friends, I'm just thinking like, imagine how, if the cops afraid, like what can, what can you do about that? I think a lot of the problem is that the cops just have, this is also part of the media's fault, the, how the media portrays black people, you know, as just violent and thugs and criminals. And so I think that contributes to a lot of cops' fear of black people and just instantly just wanting to be on, like, defense mode, thinking that they're going to attack them. And I think, so that's where a lot a lot of this issue stems from, just, like, not actually having an understanding of one another. So what what do you do in that predicament when when a cop is pulling you over and you're too scared to even get your license or anything because you don't want the cop to think you have a gun and that you're going to shoot them? Like what what do you even do? I think a lot of it comes from stress on their side too. Imagine mm-hmm. if you were a cop and every day you were seeing the worst of society. You were seeing people that are murdered, people that are raped, you're coming across all yeah. these horrific things on a daily basis. So I think cops need uh mandatory counseling that, oh, they, that yeah. they need to do and at i think least. that's the problem with uh, men a lot of men don't want to acknowledge well there's a stigma around yeah, there, men going there, to counseling there totally is but you you have to address those traumas because that, that is totally traumatizing having to do that job and and deal with those types of things every day i totally understand that so they should i that's i think something i have written down <laughs> here mandatory uh psych evaluations and counseling yeah. especially especially after a crisis situations yeah i mean if you even if it's a valid shooting right and somebody was shooting at you and you as a police officer had to return fire and you oh, killed them that's still so traumatizing yeah even, and then even the if next they time, can't recognize yeah. it it's like something it deep messes in them. with you mm-hmm. and they don't you know you don't get help because maybe you think you're fine maybe you don't want to be have the stigma of being you know weak with your fellow officers i don't know i mean but it's it's such a high stress job that there has to be some way for them to decompress mm-hmm. and for people to evaluate their mental state and see okay is this person well enough to go back out or are we going to have yeah. problems because mm-hmm. it messes you up it does and i think that that definitely is a lot of the problem i think just mental health as a whole is a just, whole nother... it's just not taken seriously in this country yeah and i think that's why we have let I me mean, look at all look at all the school shootings and all and all just which all nobody the... wants to correlate those two oh all, i know oh, i know it wasn't mental health and it's like if, if we can't acknowledge a portion of the problem then how do we yeah. expect to solve and it's it? like all, all of these issues are so interrelated and so that's why i think that's why this whole movement is so overwhelming for me because it's not like oh focus on this and everything's going to be fixed like no so many moving parts that all need to be addressed and it's 
And it's just hard because everyone has different ideas about how to go about it, about just one issue about, but everyone has different ideas about everything and they're all interrelated. And so I think that's why a lot of people are like, mm, nope, you can't, you know, it's like, it's like, that's a, that's a lot to deal with and try and try to figure out. But I think we just have to keep, keep going at it keep trying. But I definitely want to increase mental health, even in schools. I think there's just not enough counseling in schools, you know, giving, giving kids tools to just to practice self, self-awareness and be just being okay with themselves. Cause su- I think suicide is actually the leading cause of death for, for teenagers. Men, especially, I think, I yeah. think it's higher in men. So the, f- the fact that we're not seeing it as a problem is insane to me because it's, it's right there in our faces, but. I think we should be looking at why mm-hmm. there's such a significant portion of the population that has mental health issues in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Focus on treating it too, but like, what what is happening in our society that so many people are struggling with depression or bipolar disorder or anxiety or all these other multifaceted issues like what that has to stem from something it's not mm-hmm. just appearing out of thin air right yeah but that nobody wants to talk about that mm-hmm. and nobody wants to talk about how like you said with the school shootings how mental health does play a big factor nobody wants to acknowledge that they just say, oh, well, I have mental health issues and I don't go shoot up a school. So they clearly don't have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is, that is such a crazy argument. Like what, what is happening? Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the mental health issues, um, I feel it's crazy, you know, cause you see these like kids that, that, that do shoot the schools up. And it, it doesn't always seem like they come from necessarily like these from bad families, you know, and I think people just always want to like to, they just kind of want to put people in a box. Well, it's easier to do that than to actually mm-hmm. look than at to actually what address happened. it. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I think it's, I think it's just a combination of so many things. I mean, just, I, I think this sounds wild to a lot of people, but for me, I'm just so big on diet and physical health. And people don't realize like that really, really contributes to to every aspect of your life. Like what you put in your body really has such a major effect. Nobody on wants to have and that look conversation. At, look at how unhealthy Americans are as a whole. It is terrible. The amount of sugar that is consumed. All, it's in everything. We're like literally poisoning, poisoning our bodies. Like look at look at the food that they give kids in schools. It's like prison food. I mean, that's, that's dramatic. It's not, it's not spoiled milk, which, is, which, which they do give prisoners a lot of the time, but it's not healthy at all. And then you see all these fast food and it's just unfortunate. The unfortunate thing is it's, it's kind of expensive to, to. It costs be, more to get a salad than a Big Mac. Yeah. Like. No, it's expensive to be healthy in this country. And I, I know it's like kind of hard to see, to see the correlation between all those things. And I think just not being outside and just being more more connected to things we're so we're so we're so detached you know um just from the from the earth and just from i'm I'm a very spiritual person sorry (laughs) i can tell no it's fine and just from like oneness and i think that also just helps contribute to a lot of this division nobody and i mean nobody wants to talk about how diet has an effect on every facet of your life. Every, every single one. Like, yeah. this is something... Oh, I've... what are you, fat shaming? Like, that's that's where it goes. And yeah. it's like, no, what about mm-hmm. 
being he- being healthy just being healthy yeah no that's that's what i worry about like i try some oftentimes i get a little bit nervous to to have this discussion about eating healthy because people say oh well people can't afford to do that they get and, very and, and i i get that i get that it can be expensive but you you can there are def- there are always ways you know figuring out finding ways to do things and just imagine if all if all schools had gardens and kids had to learn how to to grow their own food i don't know i think that one i think it's meditative in itself provides kids with the release two all all humans should know how to grow food I don't. I don't think that is such a wild concept at all. I know I'm getting kind of off topic with no, this, no, no, with this, this mental is, health. Talk, no, it's but fine. to me, this is this is just all so related. And yeah. I, like I said, I just like uh, discussing ideas and how it just change of the status quo. And I don't know. That's something I really wish we could see. I know. I think it was uh, Steve Steve Jobs' wife. I think it was her a few years back. She had this contest going on. And you had to develop a different, a different set of, a different curriculum for schools. Um, Just like a different way of how, of how schools would operate, how they would be run because she wanted to see new ideas, things that were just more effective and beneficial for the people. And I just, I really, I gained so much respect for her from that because I'm like, that is what we need in this country. Like, why does, why do schools still operate exactly like they pretty much always have, you know? Like, how come no one's really checking in on these students? And it seems like, to me, it's just, unfortunately, a lot of it, like everything in our society, is driven by money. You know, you're, yeah. you're punishing kids for truancy because you're not able to collect funds when, when students don't show up at school. But you're not saying, oh, are you okay? Why are you missing so much school, you know? Or punishing parents. because punishing, they're, they're, yeah. I, oh, I can't remember where it was, but in some city, they threatened jail time. Or mm-hmm. not jail time. They threatened to take the kids and put them into, you know, another custody because they were truant. Yeah. And it's like, you're going to, working parents who already, you know, are on the edge and you're going to come take their kids because their kid isn't going to and, school. Oh, day? and the trauma that that causes on the kids. That's the absolute worst thing to do, in my opinion, unless, unless absolutely necessary. Breaking families apart should never be the option because that, to me, I think that causes so much trauma. And then it's just so cyclical, you know, it's going to, it just gets passed down to the, to the next generation, to the next generation. I was talking on the first episode of the podcast with my sister about the children at the border. Mm-hmm. And I can only oh. imagine the repercussions that we're going to see from splitting those kids at such it's, a young age with it, their parents. It is so terrible. Um, I was actually, I had a discussion with my father once and I said, how come, because I, I, this is something I kind of noticed, like, that Mexican people tend to stick more together and, like, or more, like, st- as a family unit and support each other, whereas, unfortunately, with black people, I noticed that wasn't so much the case, you know, not all, like, a lot of, oftentimes, Mexican families will live together to help support each other, and I, I noticed, like, black people don't really, like, have that, like, strong foundational unit oftentimes, and he said, well, it's because think about slavery and how people are were separated from from their parents and you don't have that family structure so you those values are not instilled into you and you don't have that and over time like what do you think it's not just going to magically get better and so i just think of all those kids that is so many so many people whose lives they're damaging but not only their lives all like generations generations to come and i'm like that is that is 
it, it breaks my heart. It, it really does. And like you have babies in there, you have little kids, and they're kids taking ca- taking care of babies going missing. Sixteen. They're not. They're not responsible for sexual assault of children. Which and... the guards are molesting mm-hmm. those kids. It, that's ugh. it. Like you said, there's just there's so many things, and the attention span of, you know, the general public, be it at fault of the media or whatever, it's. It's so short oh my gosh. that we can't get through an issue. No, and so they're just I piling up. We just can't get through one issue. And I think that's why a lot of, during this movement, you see so many different issues getting brought up. And people are saying, well, why are we doing that? I'm like, we need to, honestly, I'm down for fixing everything. <laughs> okay, because. It'd be great if we could. I, I would just, I'll, I'll devote my time and energy energy to to everything that, that I can help with. Because they are, they're all related. They really, they, they really, really are. are. Like I, I know it's easy to look and and see and be like, oh well, those that has nothing. What what does ICE have to do with with black people experiencing police brutality? It's all it's all one big system. Yeah, and even police brutality isn't just a black thing. If you fix the police, you help. I know. Everyone. I'm like I'm like why aren't well, I'm like so I see some white people saying, well, they do this to white people too. I'm like, okay, you, so should, you, be should, yeah, you should be upset. I'm like, why are you just so, why are you just okay with that? And that's what I also just. I worry about society because I'm like, why are why do people really just accept this? I think it's because it's. I don't know if it's negligence or if it doesn't affect you directly. Mm-hmm. Then you can kind of you can ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wonder, okay, how do we get how do we get people to care? I, well, I think it's hard with social media, because you are constantly bombarded with it, and mm-hmm. if you keep seeing the thing day after day in different situations, you're going to become desensitized to it. Yeah. And then it just becomes normal, mm-hmm. right? And so all like it's like the word racist. If it keeps getting used, it keeps getting thrown out there in different cases. You just it loses its value, it mm-hmm. loses its weight, and then that's just how and life is. Not, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely I'm worried about that. Yeah, that. But yeah, that worries me about where it goes mm-hmm. with that. Back to the mental health thing. I think another factor in that is exercise, oh, which nobody wants to talk absolute, about. Absolutely. I mean, if you just. Putting good food into your body and working out just a little bit, mm-hmm. you feel just going outside, oh, man. just getting getting fresh air. Um, I always tell my mom this: like when I don't when I don't go outside, those the days I don't, I feel awful. Yeah, and I'll be wondering, like, why do I feel so terrible? And getting getting fresh air, I don't know something about going it. Going for a walk, it's just doing like something, just human things that we should all be doing. I think a lot of people are just so like, detached. detached from that. Yeah, we're so. just not. And now there's like a stigma around, oh, if you tell people, hey, maybe if you just suggested, hey, maybe working out might help. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, what? What do you think? I'm fat. You think, <laughs> you think I'm overweight? And it's yeah. like, I don't get the whole. No, it's like you have you have to be moving, like doing some kind of exercise, at least 30, 30, 30 minutes every day. For movement. It's I don't get how people don't because um, I'll be honest, this past week I've been so I've been in my house kind of cooped up. My knees and legs have felt terrible. Yeah. I haven't been stretching my body. I feel like I'm 75 years old and I'm just like, this is not okay. Why do I feel like this? Yeah. Like, oh, cause I'm not doing anything. Duh. Yeah. But people don't, I don't know if they don't want to look at that or mm-hmm. they just, it, I feel like some and of it's a comfort thing. It is a comfort thing. And it's also, it's just not addressed. And then we also, nobody talks about it. We're living in a, in a system where these pharmaceutical companies are profiting so much off people just not caring about their health. And people just want, oh, I'm going to go to the doctor. And this is what I hate about doctors. They don't even address diet ever. When you're in there talking about, talking to them about issues, 
the last time I went to the doctor, she came in. Sorry, maybe this is judgmental of me. I don't know. I was just, I couldn't listen to anything she said because she came in drinking a Pepsi. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to listen to anything she says. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's and like also if- I'm like, sorry, I don't know if you remember from high school, how much did you actually learn about nutrition? You, I didn't learn anything about nutrition in high school. I, one day, one day, I think it was freshman year PE, we had to do a little a nutrition thing. And that was, and that is terrible. And what do you remember from that? Absolutely nothing. Just, yep. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm eating enough fruits and vegetables in the day. Because they just had you answer some questions and told you if that was enough or not. I don't, I didn't learn anything about how much protein, carbohydrates, anything. and How it affects your body. Yeah, I didn't learn any of that. And honestly, I still like don't know like the de- the, f- the fine details of all that. I just, I do eat he- a lot healthier now. I do make sure to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, but, um, and, cu- and I try to cut processed foods out which everywhere possible. But all you see, like going to a store, everything's literally processed. Yeah. It's, sugary cereals it's frozen so, foods yeah and it's it's disgusting i i can't even really eat so much food nowadays because i'm just i just see all the the toxicity in it and i just i cannot people don't realize that if you cut out you know the sugary cereal it's just sugar and, and then you, and sh- people are eating that sugary cereal with milk with chocolate milk full of pus I mean, Sorry, now I'm just I'm getting on the health. <laughs> I just think it's so important. It it's is. not something that is addressed enough at all. That's also why I like Corona because a lot of people um, started gardening a lot and uh, developing vegetable gardens. So I, I was really appreciative of that. But I just think we need more of like a return to just like fundamentals of just of being human and just being healthy. Um, yeah, we weren't designed to be sitting at desks no, for we're forty lit- hours a week to go to a grocery store. It's we're just like um it's all about convenience it's all about that's yeah. why food chains are so successful Every, everything it's... everything is so commodified it's all about work 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 and i think that's also kind of the sh- um hard things in america we value working hard like so much to the extent that other things just really have kind of no place in society you know like if you're someone that wants doesn't want to work as much you just want to go enjoy your life it's kind of like looked down upon you know like, it's like, oh, you don't want to go work hard. You, like, you have to make it happen for yourself. Da, 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 da. And it's like, is that really what we're here for? Like, I don't know. What worries me about that is not, I think everyone should want to work hard. Mm-hmm. I think you, you take pride. No, you definitely you should, but it's not like your whole life, you know? That's the thing is most of the time when people are working hard, the people that are telling them to work hard are the ones that are above them. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, you want or your people you're to work They're hard. benefiting from yeah. it. It's like all just the capitalist You're making society. them rich. Yeah. So, yeah, they want you working that overtime on the weekend because, you know, if I'm mm-hmm. the CEO, I make a crap ton more money. So much, so much money. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was kind of worried about with the coronavirus is there was some statistics coming out that people are actually working a little bit more on the weekends mm-hmm. and stuff because they're at home, right? If it's online work, why not just yeah. tap in on the weekends? And I'm worried that that might become normal. Oh, which... I, I really hope not. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually studying business at HSU. Oh, nice. And I uh, I had this management class and we were just discussing uh, productivity in the workplace. And I think it was Japan. Um, a lot of places in Japan, companies, has started uh, reducing the amount of days that people worked. And they found that productivity actually Jumps. went up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, why are, why are we not doing that? Like that just makes, that seems better all around for everybody. So I, I hope we can just start thinking of things like that. I know when people say... Uh, 
reduce it reduces to a, a four-day work week a lot of people go oh like because it, it seems so un-american you know because we're all so conditioned to believe that you should be put you have to put in all the work to achieve this this elusive american dream but is that really what's most effective like are we to me that's just not thinking smart like work hard yeah. work hard we're not thinking smart like come on well they say that if you make over i think it's like sixty thousand dollars a year that anything over that doesn't increase your happiness oh i've i've heard that before yeah. i think i heard it was seventy thousand, but yeah oh, it I've, might be 70 i've yeah. heard that before we have to start reprioritizing you know things outside of work having mm-hmm. a life outside of work yeah not just working yourself and just to life death. purpose i mean go go around ask people like what they feel their life purpose is yeah yeah i'm sure you'll get a lot of huh? like never even thought about that i've had conversations with you know some friends sometimes and it's like what do you want to do and they're like oh well i'm working here right now and it's like no 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 what like what are your aspirations like what what mm-hmm. do you find happiness in what do you want to do with your life mm-hmm. like it's all in every everything's always work related it's like yeah why, why is that like, and most people don't have an answer they're mm-hmm. like i you know i don't i don't really know ideally i don't want to be doing this in five years and it's like okay well what you know what do you want to do and what steps are you taking to get there mm-hmm. so that in five years you can be like yeah i'm doing this i'm enjoying it I'm happy. This is, yeah yeah the happy thing is just not it's there. not part of our society Mm-mm. it's like we're all everyone's working for it's like for what what are, what are you achieving in the long term? It's it's all just profit. And is. pharma is just a whole nother beast that yeah. nobody wants to address. Mm-mm. That's something I'm also very passionate about. Um, I mean, luckily, I don't have diabetes. But I just see the, the struggles that diabetic people go through just trying to afford insulin. I'm like, they, they literally need this to survive. And they're having to devote pretty much their whole paycheck to staying alive. Like, that does not make any sense to me. And what's a slap in the face is I think they lowered the price by, like, what, 60% or mm. something for the pandemic. And it's like, if you can do that, mm-hmm. obviously, you've got the like, price look, look jacked how, up way too rich they are. And then it, it's just... Oh, that is a billion... That might be a trillion dollar industry, yes, actually. And it's just so... It's like, how do you even fight that? Because they literally... They charge so much. They make so much money. They're able to use that money to just continuously lobby these politicians. I feel like... To me, it's like these corporations are the ones that own America. And I I don't know what what is best for us in terms of an economic system, you know, because I've never actually experienced anything other than this. I do like something um, Robert Reich, he's a, a famous economist. He once said, like, capitalism, it can be a good thing, you know, because it does inspire in- innovation, but it needs its checks and balances. Yeah. So, so that's something I, th- I think about a lot because, like, as a, as a business major, obviously, I do like the idea i like yeah. i like to build things and see things grow so i do like that but then i'm like okay it's not okay when this disenfranchises such a huge percentage of the population and causes so many people to live in poverty and it's like look at the coronavirus pandemic didn't they say um so many of these people that are at the very top of society became what, like 500 billion dollars richer Mean, meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile so, you yeah. have so many people struggling. Small businesses that are gonna, never yeah. going to open again. And a lot of these businesses getting these huge loans. I, I don't know. I just I have a lot of problems with that. But it, this it's like, it's crazy how everything's literally so interrelated. Well, especially now it becomes so apparent. Mm-hmm. With the pandemic, everything, yeah. you start seeing everything Everyone, Everyone's paying attention. But I just remember, I remember at the start of the pandemic, I remember a lot of politicians being in trouble because 
they in the trading of the stocks. Yeah, and I'm like, what happened to and that? Nothing I don't, happened. Nothing to that. happened, and everybody just forgot about it. I brought Wait, it up to my mom oh, like yeah. a week or two ago, and I was like, what is gonna happen to them? Like, no one's even talking about that anymore. And she's like, well, nothing. They made so much money. And I'm like, how are we not seeing like so much? Money. It is broken. Hello, like, come on, guys. That the fact that nothing happened from that is mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's why I'm also like just wanting people just. Don't don't think that just because these people are Democrats that they're watching out for you because they're they're all getting rich off this too and like these career politicians they're I just think they're all just so out of touch with the reality of of American people like it does yeah, to me it's not it's just not a, a partisan thing it's not like oh it's all the Republicans it's not it's it's both it's, it's both. definitely yeah both. and I just wish more more people could see that I don't know how you make that apparent to people though. I don't either. They ride just, for their party. They do, and um, I I do tend to vote Democrat. But even when I'm talking to people that do as well, and I try to say these things, I just notice they just immediately become dismissive. And I'm just like, okay, if we we're people that typically have like we share a lot of the same beliefs, and you don't even want to hear when I when I say something that goes against that goes against that. So that that to me is a problem. So I don't. That's what that's what worries me. What do you think of Biden? I can't stand him. Yeah. Oh my God. He's terrible. He's terrible. Right? He's so awful. I'm not even convinced that he's all there. Okay. And I know I'm people say that. I'm but not either. It's... No, he's he's not all there. Have you seen his speeches? The man doesn't even know what he's running for. And I'm like, why? How is he better than Trump? What did he say? Um, oh, po- if you don't. Poor, poor kids are just as, just as bright or something as as white kids. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, it's literally, you can go look it up. There's a recording Whoa. of it. And then, yeah, if you, if you don't vote for me, you Enough. ain't black. Yeah. I'm like, oh, who are who this are you? Is... Like, oh, that and was... he's ran for president like three or four times. So, yeah, that was that was. And Barack Obama wouldn't endorse him no, that's, out of the gate. No, that was something that spoke that's volumes just the, to me. I was going to say. Obama being so silent right up until there there was no option but Biden. But, but Biden, I was... That, that told me everything. Not enough. So many people, everyone I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I'm going to vote for Biden. I'm like, okay, why? And they're like, because we have to get Trump out. And I'm like, that is not. No, see, and that's why I'm so scared because I'm like, okay. The you, devil you, you know versus the one you don't know. It's like, okay, so we get tr- Trump four more years of this white su- prevalent white supremacy that uh, all these people feel emboldened to act out on. Or Biden, who's honestly just as bad. And then no one cares anymore. Like, even though, yeah, Trump is awful, pe- because people hate him so much, a lot a lot more people are mo- more inspired to get out and fight for justice. And I just think if Biden's president, a lot of people are going to be like, okay, oh, we're good. We don't, have to, we, don't, we don't have to fight anymore. And I'm like, oh, we have such a problem on our hands with, with Biden. Um, so, yeah, that, that definitely worries me. I'm worried about who... And him, I mean... He's been in. How long has he been a politician? What has he done? Career I, I know. I know he's ha- had a hand in um, helping with the 1994 crime bill. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that was that was that was responsible for the highest incarceration of black people, and that was a democratic policy. Like, come on, people, these are they are not our friends. And I know, like a few months back, um, P Diddy and some other famous black black celebrities tried to speak out on this, say, hey, like, what have they done for us? Like, this party has always just benefited from our vote, but they've never actually done anything for, for us. And so many people called him a clown and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, okay, see, that that in itself just shows that 
these white liberals are, are racist too because okay a black person dissenting or speaking out against it and suddenly they're they're labeled in that manner so that's why i don't like that like with donald trump okay it's in your face you know you see it for what he is but i don't like the trying to hide it and act like we're here to help you and do absolutely nothing for you yeah i'm worried about who is pulling the strings for biden exactly because we, we know me. it's not we know it's not biden no so, so what we're gonna have aoc or Elizabeth Warren, who scare me equally as much as Trump, we're going to have them pulling the strings for? Like, who? The fact that in 2020, our presidential options are Biden or Trump is so that, disheartening. To me, that just shows how backwards as a society we still are because i'm like those that's the best we could do with this system. And I just. Out of all the I've, I've, people, I have always condemned the two party system because I have never felt like anything represented what i wanted and now i just i'm like it's broken it's i mean it's always been broken but it's so it's so glaringly obvious now then i'm like okay what are we gonna do to fix this like everyone's like vote biden we have to get trump out i'm like okay like that shouldn't be why you vote for a president mm -mm, though mm -mm. just to get somebody else I'm like, out i'm like, like to me i'm like everyone should be angry at the fact that that biden secured the nomination because months ago when who are you for bernie <sighs> Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I was for Bernie because who else? Who else would you go for? You know. I liked. Um. I was for Bernie because he was the the one who was actually real. He was really in the civil rights movement, actually fighting. I thought that too up until the vote. Well, I don't know if it was in the Senate or not. Um, for the access to our internet, and I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but the extent of which, from my understanding, is that. They it was this bill that allowed like the FBI to access anyone's internet history mm. for any purpose. They don't need a warrant. They don't need to oh, go to God. a judge. Any reason. And if Bernie had been there and voted, it was one vote shy of not passing. And Bernie just happened not to be there that day. So he was going to allow them to do that. He wasn't going to vote for it, but he showed up so that, or he didn't show up so that it went through. Because then what? You can't oh, say, oh, so, you voted so it for did, it. So it did go through. Yeah, because he wow. wasn't there to vote okay. against it. Wow. Why didn't he that, show up? He, that act just left a bad taste. Because I, mm. I liked Bernie yeah, too. That, I thought his no, policy that was scares good. Me. That's one of my biggest fears in this current day and age is just um, And nobody's security. worried about it. Nobody is talking about our privacy is being chipped oh, away. That's why I did like I did like Andrew Yang because he was the only person he was the only candidate addressing that. Um just our privacy and our rights are on the internet. No one else was, was addressing that. And I was telling my little sister yesterday, I was like, okay, the fact that whenever I'm trying to look for something or I want to buy something, I start saying it out loud so the ad will pop up on my phone. And the fact that I, I the fact that I just know that I can do that and I'm just so okay with it is such a problem in itself. But no, no one, none of them are talking about that. And that's why I did like Yang because he was the only person I heard addressing that. I like that. Tulsi Gabbard. I thought she would Okay, have been, I didn't really. You I were didn't. Wrong. No, I just didn't like look into oh, her enough. She didn't get not. She didn't. It's I had not a friend that liked her. Yeah, she did not get. She got blackballed by the media to mm -hmm. some extent. They didn't give her any real coverage. They didn't. That's why I felt like I felt. I think I just kind of like, oh, she's not going to get it because like she wasn't getting any traction yeah, at all. So but her just... ideas were solid. I mean, she was she was in the military. Mm -hmm. You know, she's from Hawaii. I mean, she checked all the liberal boxes, right? If mm -hmm. you want to go there, but she just couldn't be bought. Yeah, I think that. Oh, that's definitely you have to you have, you have to play their game. Yeah, for sure. To I don't. 
that's what scares me about the coming generation is there's going to be no privacy and nobody seems to be concerned. No, I'm I'm terrified about I it. I talked to my parents and they were like, or my dad's, you know, worried about it, right? But mm-hmm. my mom was like, well, I don't have anything to hide. I was like, that's not, that's yeah, not that's the not, argument. Yeah, that's not. The oh. problem is them thinking that they can just, you know, it's like you wouldn't go out into the street and just say, hey, yeah, I'm scrolling through Facebook. Oh, I just like this. Oh, I'm doing this now. Oh, I'm scrolling through this site. Mm-hmm. You would you just wouldn't tell people like so why is it okay for the government to look at all your stuff but you can't look at their stuff mm-hmm. it's not public but they get like, access why can, to everything why can they be monitoring us and it's like look at look what happens in China like all the all the details they have of every single every single citizen there yeah and look how much harder it is for them to fight because have you seen the social rating system yes yes that is alarming to me that is like some black mirror type right it was like it was an episode of black mirror wasn't it i think so honestly when i first heard about it i i was like oh that's just people being dramatic like i didn't realize it and then when i actually looked into it it's crazy like this is real and then i think oh my gosh like that can totally happen here and i don't know why everyone thinks they wouldn't do that here these people are all about power yeah we've seen what these politicians have done and and it's like on every side i know that when i think a lot of people don't know this when obama was in office um he tried to expand the rule the power of the president to be able to murder uh, kill people without needing approval hmm. or needing it to be known yeah i didn't know that yeah and it's like okay people want to like pick and choose what what topics to discuss it's like we can't do that we need to discuss everything because it's a viol- it's a violation it is so that, privacy that, should be that to me a is, right is so scary but nobody nobody's talking about it and just all these like um these little fine print agreements of of any any application or anything you use online oh yeah where it's like who's, 12 pages I'm sorry who's reading that nobody I'm not. I'd be worried if to, you did read that. I have to be honest. Like I'm not reading it. And yeah. I know that's terrible, but that's why it's so important that we have people in office to actually protect us. So these evil things aren't in this fine print because I'm pretty sure Snapchat can access anything you have on there. Well, and like, look at systems like iCloud, TikTok. I don't. Oh, TikTok. I don't have TikTok for that. Very, for that very reason, I refuse. All that's just out there. I, I refuse. I mean, people and people know too. That, Zoom that they can monitor it. Come on. Ugh. Well, I mean, it's it's Zoom as well. Wow, I didn't know that. They yeah, were Zoom. Doing that. They found massive dumps of archives of people's video that mm-hmm. don't know that they're being videoed. Just out, yeah. just out. See, I'm one of those people. I have a that has a sticky note on my computer camera because I'm so yeah. I'm so paranoid, and I know like if they want to see, it, they can regardless. But that's something that definitely really scares me, and that's why I get scared too in this movement. I'm like, if people really like start. Uh, mobilizing and be getting more effective in execution of strategies i i i worry for their for their safety you know just being taken out and i, I look at i look back at all the the black civil rights activists in the 60, 60s and how many of them are dead like martin luther king malcolm x fred hampton well now they are look, jeffrey epstein still still number one on fbi they can wanted. ghost Whoever they want, yeah. at any time at that any they time. want, and the fact that no, like everyone knows that uh, the global elite is all involved in this huge pedophile ring, and it's just like okay, just another day. The fact that that just went away, mm-hmm. it it's it's gone. Yeah. Nobody's talking. About it. I just saw. Have you seen the Netflix documentary about it? Yes, about it, about Epstein. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't. I was just disgusted, 
Oh and, my God. and I'm like, okay, Bill Clinton has... 26 times yeah. he's, flown to the, he's flown to the island. It's, and I think it was literally over the, the span of just a few years. Yeah, it wasn't very long. And I'm like, okay, to go anywhere, 26... To go in his private to jet. go to Arcata, I feel like if I didn't go to school there to go there twenty six times, yeah. <laughs> like that that would be a lot. But you're literally going private all the way to this island. island, yeah, in a private jet with Epstein mm-hmm. and all these girls, twenty six times, and and all the workers claim to have seen him. Everyone saw him, but he was like, "Oh no, like, okay, yeah." Where that, is that? That that scares me. I'm I'm interested to see this. Um, I'm not a fan of the Clintons at all. I'm interested to see what happens to Hillary with these court hearings coming up. Oh, I didn't know she was... What's going on? Um, I guess she's actually... um, She's being taken to court now for those... For the emails. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I know. All... That's why I'm saying it's like... How do you keep up? How do you keep up? And it's hard because as Americans, we all all want to be informed. We all want to know... Well, not all of us, but a lot of us want to know what's going on. And I, I tried to find more information about it and I really couldn't. Like, I was like details about this you know mm-hmm. so that, that's scary to me but i'll be i'll be looking out for that just, just because of how responsible um they are for the mass incarceration of black people in the 90s and how they didn't actually take responsibility for it um i mean they kind of acknowledged it and said it was wrong i'm like no it's it's terrible and it's your fault and don't i don't know it just disgusts me it just it infuriates me and it makes me so angry that's why i just want more more education so people can see like oh these people are not our friends yeah the blind faith aspect mm-hmm. of politics is wild yeah that's and, what gets and me they love it that, these politicians yeah. they love it they thrive off of it but a it's lot like of it is just sides. pandering just to get through the next election mm-hmm. slide whatever you can do whatever kickbacks you got to do mm-hmm. and then pander to the public yeah and write out your next term yeah. and just carry that on as long as it takes Sounds like a broken system to mm-hmm. me. But I'm like, how do we fix it without dying? Well, the problem is, is nobody wants to, like the Constitution, right? Mm-hmm. It It's a fantastic piece of work, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that these people could sit down that long ago and create something that, you know, we are still modeling life after is incredible. But we need to we need to start getting serious about making additions, yeah. you know, and making and modifications, and also like just about interpretations, you know, like the the power of it comes from the how fa- it comes yeah. from how we how we interpret it. The fact so that they can overturn so Roe versus Wade, yeah. What? So that's that's uh, something I I wonder. I just think about too, you know, like I don't know. It, it's important to to keep them accountable, like for that they are pandering, but it's like. What are they actually following for a while, and how and how are how are things being interpreted in this day and age? And also, what do they think of the general public? I know um, that w- when they did write the when the founding fathers did write the Constitution, they did it with the with the notion in mind that the general public is not educated enough to um, to partake. Well, that was the part, the point of the electoral college, right? Was exactly. that they couldn't vote it, in exactly, some, which they they, they didn't they didn't trust they didn't trust the people to to make the the best decisions, and so that 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 alone, I'm like, this is literally how it was started, because of that, mm-hmm. and it's still like that to this day, and that's and but only now we have le- I mean less and less control. I mean, obviously back then it was only um, white white males who owned property. 
But it's like even even in this day and age, the people, the voice of the people is still very weak. And now we've had yeah. these um, all these the power of corporations has grown exponentially over that time period as well. So for me, it's like it's only, the divide is only uh, of power between the people and the government has only grown wider and wider. And I'm not convinced that splitting up these giant tech corporations is going to fix anything. Yeah. Because when they split up the oil corporations, they just, so they split up. Yeah, but it was all family members that were in charge of the same family, you Mm -hmm. know? So are they really splitting the power? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got six different oil tycoons now, but they're all related. Mm -hmm. So. And just, I think a lot of it is just limiting funding for, for politicians, for elections. I just think something something needs to happen there because these big super PACs should not be able to make these huge uh, contributions when it's like you're you're representing how many people, but you're able your influence has the has the power to really sway things. So I think that is a huge problem that has to. It should be public knowledge of you know whoever donates to your campaign. Everyone should be able to know mm-hmm. that they should know who and how much. Yeah, and I think they're they're just and they the need, duration. There need, there need to be limits too. Mm-hmm. So I did really like that about Bernie's campaign mm-hmm. was that it was a grass. It was really so grassroots. people funded. That's that's what made me feel better. That's what I liked about. I had Haley Lamb on here mm-hmm. and she didn't take any money either. She ran her whole corporation. She said, if you want to donate to me, take that money and put it into a local charity uh, or into something yeah. that's going to benefit people, you know, which mm-hmm. I thought was awesome. She, you know, obviously didn't win, mm-hmm. but I think that was I think a lot of that was probably like an age thing. Oh, yeah. Because I think a lot of people just tend to think that young people oh, aren't, yeah. aren't capable. Yeah. I, I, I remember when she was running. I, I thought that was really awesome. I yeah, was like, right? go, go for her, you yeah. know? Like, because she really is super involved, you know? Yes. And she's got, she, I mean, incredibly smart. I really enjoyed talking to her. She knows her stuff. And if she doesn't know it, she's not afraid to say, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to look into that more, which is a lost art today. It is. Yeah. It, it really is. There's nothing. I always tell people like, there's nothing wrong with not knowing things. Like, I don't know. So I don't know so many right? things, but I'm like, I'm not an encyclopedia, you know, yeah. like I can't just know every, everything. I can only just acknowledge what I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely a super lost star. I wish, I wish more people could do that. I know, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know where we go today Yeah. with that. I mean, it doesn't seem, if you put everything if you lay all the cards out on the table, it doesn't look good. It doesn't. It just, to me, it looks, it's scary to me because I just feel like everyone is so conditioned to just be a robot in this system. Like they, they really, it really is built to make it so hard for people to speak out against it and fix it. And just the way that your fellow members of society will kind of look down at you. I mean, if you, if you start talking about ideas that aren't expressed in the news, you're just, you're, I feel like you're immediately labeled a conspiracy theorist, you know? What do you mean? Like I don't know if you're just if you're just saying things that that don't that don't get any news cover. If you're just like addressing problems, things that happen, evil things, oh, well, evil yeah. things that the government does. People yeah. are like, oh, well, that's not that's that's just a conspiracy. I'm like just a conspiracy. Back to Epstein. If you talk about how like if pe- imagine someone like going on going on live television like five or ten years ago. Not not five because it was kind of known, but. Maybe like 10, 20 years ago, maybe back in the 90s and discussing that people would label that person crazy, I'm sure, you know? Yeah. Also, he'd be able, him and Trump and the Clintons or whoever, I'm sure, could just go pay news sources to destroy that person's credibility. That's what's also unfortunate. 
Or you just keep a bunch of dirt on people, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to worry about buying oh, anybody off. Yeah, like his little room with all the the cameras. There were cameras all over that is the island. So creepy to me. What happened? You got to yeah, figure that's he was what I wanted. I'm like, somewhere. I want to know who else is um, involved in this. I'm like, where are the tapes? Mm-hmm. You know that guy was backing up loads exactly. of data. Okay, that's it. That's what I wonder. Yeah. Okay, so he just mysteriously died, and and all of that vanished. Like somebody, somebody has a year. Somebody's and you got know, a treasure trove. I can just only imagine. Like, I would never blackmail someone, but like, if I did, I would want all of that data stored in numerous and safeguarded in multiple locations. Oh yeah, you have backups you know? on backups. And like, just yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think there's so much, so much more to come from that. I mean, we already. I mean, the fact that we already all know that there's a, a global. But some people don't. don't. Know, some people right? don't believe that. Yeah, they don't. They're I don't, like, I don't uh, know how. It was a suicide. Yeah. It's like, well, a suicide wouldn't snap your neck in those places. And in also, why do you just magically lose the the camera footage? That's the craziest thing. And yeah. they said that he attempted it before. And so what, you think it's a good idea to just leave him like alone? But that's like the conditioning of society to just want to, be, to believe the news is, is so toxic. Imagine how many people they killed off back in the day mm-hmm. that nobody will ever know. Yeah. They, they just got away with it. Because nobody was asking questions. Nobody knew to ask any questions. They're yeah. just, oh yeah, this person They're just... died. Well. Oh, well. That's another thing about the Clintons is there's so many mysterious deaths so, around them. So many. It, it creeps me out. Like they, they, honest, they honestly terrify me. Um, they really, that kind they of, really do. They have so much power. And that's why I'm like, who needs to have that much money or power? I just, I don't understand. I think people get addicted to it. No, I, th- I think so too. Yeah. Um. I don't, I don't know what it is about having that much money that just causes people to just, like, lose their sense of humanity. Like, what, like what is that? Like, what are, what are the, the psychological dynamics of that, of accumulating that much wealth to where you're so... You feel like a god. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. I feel, yeah. I think the, their, their narcissism yeah. is just... You feel steroids. untouchable. Yeah. If you've got a billion dollars in the bank, mm-hmm. you must feel like you're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. What who can touch you at that point i would just feel awful i'm like oh my god all these people are starving and here i am loaded yeah so yeah a lot of people yeah a lot of people don't think that that should be achievable Mm -hmm. you should be able to get that much money honestly i don't i don't see the the appeal of being a billionaire I just, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't want to be a billionaire. I don't, I mean, a millionaire, of course. Yeah, right. A, a billionaire, what am I going to do with the billion dollars? Mm-hmm. You know? How are you going to spend that? Exactly. Buy a giant yacht. Oh, Or I know. a private island. Yeah. So, I, I don't, I don't understand the need to have a billion dollars. Like, look at Jeff Bezos. That dude is making so much money during the pandemic. So it's much. ridiculous. Because everybody's buying everything on mm-hmm. Amazon right now. Yeah. Oh, Everything. Everything. Um, and he's just only going to continue to get richer. And it's like, look at the look at the condition of the the workers at Amazon, you know? Like that, you would think that would be the best company in the world to work for. And it's a terrible, it's a terrible company to work for. Yeah, don't they like monitor your bathroom times? Yes. Yeah, come on. And I, I've, I've read that they have like um, little, little monitor, little monitors. So when you're, um, when you've been inactive for a while, they kind of beep or, so, or, oh some, or something. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that outrageous? And also the other thing, this is another issue in society, automation and all this. I don't AI. think that's a bad thing though. No, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing mm-hmm. if 
if people, if like the needs of the people are still being met, because clearly people like Jeff Bezos are, it's profits over people. We know that he's already been developing all this technology, especially in his factory warehouses so that these bots can just be doing things, you know, cause then that eliminates the need for people. But then what happens? I know I shouldn't worry cause over time um, technology has always generated, I mean, developed and people have always found new jobs, you know, like mm-hmm. things have just shifted. But I just think in today's day and age, the rate of technology is advancing so much faster than it ever has. And I'm like, are we going to be able to keep up with shifting people to, to other jobs to where they're still able to make a living wage? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, the wheel was invented. So people, um, the need for people to do certain tasks was shifted. But how, how is that going to, how do we see that in this day and age? What's going to happen, you know, yeah. especially when you have technology that can just control everything like you see it in, in stores, self-checkout lines, um, you can, the, the amount of things you can just order online um, for stores, like at Safeway, you can order your stuff on Safeway online, have it brought out to your car. How crazy is that? That's nuts. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like almost limiting the need for like a storefront, even like the Amazon the Amazon grocery stores, how they don't actually have that many workers in them. Yeah, and why go to a you, grocery store and you don't even get it delivered? Like, you don't even pay. You just like kind of scan things. And I think you just like... It tracks like your phone and mm-hmm. like your Amazon account. Yeah. How crazy is that? And that's not... So I, I just also, I wonder about the displacement of, of jobs. Well, I think once we really get like artificially intelligent robots and... Especially in these manufacturing positions, I think it's going to be game over for a lot of people. So many. People. I don't think the jobs. It, I don't think niches. It's like I like, said, like people are not really very technologically versed. Like the schools are not keeping up with educating people enough about it. Hmm. So I think we're just kind of falling into like a pit of despair as a whole. So that's that's why I worry. My, I'm like, what what does what does the future look like? Like, think about forty years from now. My hope is that it ends up a lot like. The ancient Greeks, mm-hmm. right? So once they had established a stable food supply and they weren't worried about, you know, all these external things, you had these great philosophers come mm-hmm. out and that's, all this see, great that's art. That's what I hope too. Like, yeah, I, I hope we can get to a society where like, it's not ho- not a Hollywood type society where those people are worshipped. Like we could worship like the great thinkers of the time. I like, I hope we can get to that place, but I don't know. Because we live in like a super vain and narcissistic society. Like, are people really going to value that? The intellect? Do you think? I don't think so. I don't, I don't I think would, so either. I, I hope that that's the path that we go. But if you're looking at the direction that we're going, I mean, we don't even value, we don't even value thought today. Mm-mm. We value, what can you tweet out in 270 characters that is going to either make me mad or make me happy? Mm-hmm. And let me retweet that. Yeah. It's like social media has caused such an increase in the vanity vanity depression just it's like the comparison people yeah. are getting so caught up in that like i might i myself am guilty of, of that at times and then i and i i'll feel terrible you know because i'll just feel like ew like these girls really look like that oh my gosh yeah. you know so you just start you start playing the comparison game i'm like oh my gosh these people are way smarter than i am you know so i'm yeah. like jesus like but it's just so it's so toxic. So I, that's when I'm like, okay, you know, I need to take a step back because I me like, I have a purpose. Yeah. I love myself. So it's definitely hard though. It it's addicting. Mm-hmm. 
it, it is. It is so addicting. It's like a little drug in your pocket mm-hmm. at all times. It is. And it makes you just want to, like, I feel like it causes people to really just engage in the consumer culture as well. It's like consumption of everything, like consumption of this media. You want to go out and buy these things to make you feel better. And I'm like, I just don't see us getting away from that anytime soon. So that, but then, no. so then that's why I also like, I wonder how this is all going to come into play with all this AI. Cause you're, they're still going to need humans to be, to spend, to be spending money. They, Cause how are they, how are they going to get rich with that? Oh, humans will still be consuming, mm-hmm. but with what? they're going to be sitting on their couch with their VR goggles on playing some game or in some chat room or doing something. And then a little ad's going to pop up and you're going to buy whatever it tells you to buy. And mm-hmm. then it's going to be delivered to your house and you're not going to leave your house. Yeah. And just like back back to the spiritual things. Like I, like I said, I'm very spiritual. The, the souls of people. Like what does that do to your soul? Like you don't, I don't, you don't, I don't think any, it's good. You don't even have any kind of connection. You don't have. Uh, you're just not in tune with yourself at all, I think. I don't know. That just That just worries me. That just really it should me. it should worry a lot of people yeah I, I don't think it does i think it like if you i i don't know for me personally i notice when i try to bring these things up people just go okay people just roll their eyes and then go back so to that's why so that's why i'm like okay dang maybe you just can't really talk about this kind of stuff that, that leads back to what we've been talking yeah. about this whole time is this problem of no conversation mm-hmm. and how do you have these talks with people yeah i don't know and i don't think I mean, you can't, we couldn't be having this conversation over text or over Absolutely the not. phone. Absolutely that, like, not. Like that would not look anything like it, it mm-hmm. does right now. No. And so, which is most people now are only communicating through their phone. Yeah. Especially with the pandemic going on. So what, what are we losing? You know, all this face-to-face contact where we can work through ideas, we can process things. Mm-hmm. You're, ju- oh, you're just yeah, losing that. You are totally. Um just the way things are interpreted too are so different it's like you're not even actually communicating it's like to me you're not if i'm if i'm saying something to you and you're not and you hear it but you're not actually like understanding how how i'm meaning it it's like we're not communicating we're just like walls talking to each other also I have oh yeah 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 bathroom yeah like, right hopefully that's a thing imagine if there wasn't a bathroom be like oh sorry, sorry. yeah keep going <laughs> i'm just stuck here yeah yeah, that's that's something I definitely have to work on. And this is only my second time in the little space. So oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah, I've been trying to adjust. And it's nice. Yeah, you thanks. got it all. Yeah, got it all we've done. Kind of... Wait, when did you start this podcast? It was this year, right? It was. Um, your sister, your sister was the first one on. Yeah. Okay. I started maybe in May. I think maybe last May. March? No, this May. Yeah. It's yeah. This, this, year. this past yeah. May. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's still you just what really what young. inspired you to do that? I felt like, I felt like I was losing touch with myself. Okay. I think I was consuming all this negative media, I guess, Mm -hmm. like on Facebook and on Instagram and just not having these kind of conversations where it's like. Real, just real life. I wasn't having real or deep conversations. Mm -hmm. I was just, in a way I was living in my own bubble. Yeah. And I recognized it was not healthy Mm -hmm. for me. And I'm a person who like. I thrive off, you know, communicating with other people. And Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. And I just, I didn't like, you know, who I was becoming, I guess. And so I was like, well, okay, I need to pump the brakes. I need to like figure out how to reverse that. Yeah. And do you feel like this has helped you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. You feel feel a more stronger sense of purpose now? It wasn't so much a sense of purpose. It was, 
being grounded, okay. I think, more than anything. I, I feel more grounded now. Like yeah. talking to you or talking to Haley or talking to Jordan. Uh, I feel more grounded. Okay. Like, okay, there's people out there that, you know, we're having these great conversations. Even if it's just us BSing, you know, like we're talking and real things are happening and we're, you know, engaging ideas and that's important. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I wasn't getting enough of that. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that too. Yeah. Um, cause I, and it's like you said also with like the consuming so much media, I struggle with that cause I'm like, okay, if I'm not consuming this, am I just super out of touch with, That's what's, my thing. with what's going like on in society? And, and, but then I'm also, I also struggle because I feel like I don't interact with as many people, yep. um, these days, obviously, especially now with Corona, but even but before this happened, I really wasn't, um, socializing very much. I, mm-hmm. felt, I felt like, I don't know. And I just feel like, unfortunately, oftentimes when I am when I am hanging around people, everything is just such like a phone thing. The phones are just really so attached. And a lot of it. And I hate when you can't have a conversation with someone, you know. So. It's, and a lot of it's superficial conversation. So so superficial. We're just talking about BS from class, or, you know, this happened and I didn't like that, or mm-hmm. like this is going on, and it's like okay, but like. You know, what, what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to do with your life? Mm-hmm. Where, where do you see yourself in five years? What are we, you know, what, let's talk about something that matters. Like, okay, yeah, yeah you had, you know, maybe you had a bad day at work. Like, we can talk about that. But like, let's have something that like, some, I, I don't know, for yeah. lack of a better word, like a nourishing conversation. Mm-hmm. Something like, that, like so stimulating. You, you yeah, just want to be something that feeds your soul. Yeah. Like, like oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm definitely thankful that I pulled the trigger with this because even now talking with you, like, I feel like I'm getting that. Like, yeah. that's just talking. Like, you get... It's a real conversation. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And I think the other thing, uh, we live in such a society where it's like you always have something you're looking forward to. Like, oh, I want this. I want this. Mm-hmm. And everything is always like, I'm, I'm going to do this, 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 this. It's like, it's always from just like a place of lack. It's like... Yeah, you know it's never yeah we're never never reflecting i feel like mm-hmm. i feel like it's just really just like zero reflection it's just oh what's next what's next yeah. so there's I, no time to sit with yourself mm-hmm. and just be with yourself and mull over a thought yeah and contemplate and reflect on your life mm-hmm. and i know i started i actually started journaling oh do you like that i i do just because i want to I just want to see the changes mm-hmm. in myself. Just how like not it's not like a diary. Like oh my god, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that kind yeah. of thing. It's more just like my my thoughts on on certain certain aspects of the world. And I because I just want to see how it changes, just so I can monitor the growth more. Because mm-hmm. I just feel like such a different person than I was like even two years ago. I feel so different. But it would be cool to to better understand those changes, like what prompted them, how they came about. You know. Yeah. I just want like a more deeper understanding of myself as a person and yeah, like see that what, personal what, influ- what influences me to grow what causes me to grow what hint what hinders yeah. me because i know there was i definitely have gone through such uh periods of stagnancy you know mm-hmm. i always reflect i always reflect as on high school as being the worst time of my life just because i think like many people you know i just had no idea who i was mm-hmm. and often didn't like who i was as a person back then like some thought i was a bad person uh, I would just say like very negative, um, just talk, just talking about irrelevant things, you know, like talking about people, just talking about things that don't matter, mm-hmm. don't contribute to, to making me better. And I always just see that as like, oh, that's a bad time. And I'm like, no, that was, that was probably a great time for me just to be in such a low spot, you know, because I don't think I would, 
be able to experience the growth that I have been able to go through. Yeah. If it, if it weren't from, for being able to recognize uh, what I, what was bad about that time, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I don't know. I do enjoy that. Yeah. I think that's really important. I don't think a lot enough, you know, enough people get I know it's, it is, it's kind of sad when I, when I, when I am like talking to people and I'm like, oh dang, like still the, still the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, then I tell myself, like, everyone's on their own journey, you know? So, so I, I, I like it because it's definitely made me just have a lot more like patience and understanding for people. Like that's why I think through, especially through the Black Lives Matter movement, like people, people say some ridiculous things and I just think they're, the, what they're saying is ignorant. I, I don't, I don't think a lot of people really mean any harm. They just don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly, it's not, it's not a lot of people's fault for not knowing because it's like we were talking about the education system earlier. It's not even not doing anyone any justice. So it's like I can't be mad at people because of so many things I learned. I had to go out of my way to learn on my own time. Yeah. And time time itself is, is a luxury that not many of us can afford much of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Just just life thoughts I, that I have sometimes. I just things that I think about. But I always wonder, I'm like, how do we how do we heal people? I feel like a lot a lot of people in this world just have a lot of traumas. Oh yeah, that are just not even like being acknowledged. You know, I would argue some of which they don't even know is there. They, yeah, I think that I agree. Yeah, but then it's like you know, it's like it's also I think it's like okay, it's not our job though. Mm-hmm. Like it's everyone's journey for their own. But then I'm like, oh, but it will help them so much. So I don't know. I, I guess I definitely think about that a lot. Like how do we how do we fix that? That's the hardest thing, and especially with like relationships, mm-hmm. is, you know, sometimes you feel like you can help a person. I didn't want to say like fix a person, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like the same thing. You feel like, oh man, they've got this trauma. Like I can take care of them. I can help them become the person that I know they can be to some extent. But sometimes that is draining, mm-hmm. and sometimes that'll take more out of you than you have to give. And I think that's could be extrapolated onto society right now, right? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to educate all these different people that you know, don't really know any better. It takes a lot out of you mm-hmm. being around negativity like that. It, it does. It takes something from you. It really, yeah, it really does. Yeah. I think that was definitely what I struggled with. Um, for about two weeks of, of that time period, I was not going to sleep until six in the morning every night because Whoa. I just couldn't sleep because it was just eating at me. Like I would just be on social media, just like scrolling just like addicted to like seeing just the awful things that people were saying and then i was like okay no like i can't i can't fix this like i mean there's i need to need to relinquish it from from my ideas of what i can do Mm -hmm. like what i can try to help fix but it definitely it definitely was hard it's like you think you want to heal people and you want to help but it's like you can't, you can't, you have to do that from a place of abundance. You can't do that from a place of lack. And I feel like once, once it starts taking from you, you can't start trying to give yourself or your time, your energy to that situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely a struggle. But my mom always tells me, she's like, well, you just, just have patience for people. You know, you just, and it's like Josiah Lawson's mom, Charmaine said, um, uh, at the candle vigil for her son, not the candle, just a vigil for her son. It was so peaceful, and people were driving by just yelling awful things. Which, why? What What does that benefit they, you to uh, do that? And someone drove by yelling, dumbass. And she's up there speaking, mind you, and this woman has done so much. And you know what she said? She said, we just, we need to love him. And I was just like, wow, because here I was, like, so angry. Like, oh my gosh, are you serious? And then she, she says that, and I was just like, wow, okay. 
The sad part is, is it usually takes going through something traumatic like that mm-hmm. to truly understand patience. Yeah. And that people, not everyone is where you are and not everyone is where you'd want them to be. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because if we could just get everyone there without horrific accidents and without these painful, I don't even want to call them lessons, but these painful experiences... I mean, we'd be so much better off. Yeah, if you didn't have to go through that to mm-hmm. it's understand like we have to, it to grow through the discomfort. Mm-hmm. That's like that's the most that's the hardest thing about it. So you can't really have growth without those those bad feelings or those uncomfortable situations. So I think that's why everyone's a lot of people. I you know I I hear them saying, "Oh no!" Like they they're scared for the world. To me, what we're what we're experiencing right now is just inevitable. Like mm-hmm. we're we're not. To me, this is a good sign. The fact that people are so angry and uncomfortable, I think they're just, yeah, get angry. You know, you have to re- release that. At least I, to me, that means we're getting somewhere. And I feel like now more than ever, I definitely do feel like there's a lot more attention on the government and what they're doing. And that's why, <clears throat> that's why I think you see just a sweeping wave of reform being instituted all over the country because they're. And I think that's like the beauty of like the power of the people when they do stand up. I haven't seen this much happening ever in my whole life. You know, I've never seen I've never seen so many policies and just in, uh, introduced at a local, state, and federal lo- level ever in my lifetime. So I, I really enjoy that. I just hope that these policies mean something. Mm-hmm. I hope that they're not just rushing things out to appease the public. Yeah, I want it to mean something. No, I I do too. Um, that's why I'm like waiting to. Uh, Trump said it's like basically in the hands of the Democrats, whatever else is done with the, his reform bill. I'm just kind of scared, you know, because uh, I was like a week or two ago, all the, the Democrats of California were in the, the Kente cloth. Uh, yeah, what was what was, I was, like, was like that little performative activism? I'm like, OK, why are you guys taking a knee? I'm like, you're literally the ones in power. Mm hmm. Like people were people were taking a knee so that you guys would do something, and uh, it, that's why to me it's like oh they it's just kind of a joke to them, like they're just out of touch. That's that's exactly what it and is. Just like that to me that was that was embarrassing. It was like just super cringy. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna put the kente cloth on, then get down on, then get down on your knee. Like why is that? What are you doing? I'm like oh god. You have the power to actually do something. Mm-hmm. So why? why yeah, are you that doing was this? that was. I don't know. That was kind of uncomfortable for me to see. I was like, okay, um, no. Yeah. I was like, uh, A for effort, I guess. Not it didn't really. seem like anybody liked that. No, it was embarrassing. Yeah. It was. It was just like kind of. I don't know. Kind of insulting. Like. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone say, "Oh, that was cool that they did that." It's all like, yeah. What were What were they thinking? What did they expect to happen? Yeah. We're all like, oh my god, look at them doing this. Wow. Our saviors. Mm-hmm. They're gonna help no, us. No, I, I feel like it, that's what it seemed like. That was the reaction they wanted. So oh that's yeah. Why it was I just think that's so... what they thought. I think they had people saying, "Oh, if you do this, it's gonna show the public that you're standing with them in mm-hmm. solidarity and that you really care." And then they did it, and they were like, "What happened?" And I and I think that's just totally like what happens when you just like operate from a place of inauthenticity. You just you just come off just uh, regardless of what you do. That's why I think yeah. if, they, if they would just like keep it real, you know. People would see that. It's like we can, people can tell when you're just that's when you're why, when you're just performing. Yeah, that's why. On a show. I mean, whatever you have to say about Trump, he's authentic. Mm-hmm. He hasn't changed. That's, no, that's exactly why he has such the support that he has. What didn't he say he could go out in the street in the street and shoot someone and he wouldn't lose supporters? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, and people, uh, 
it's like people keep getting so mad at him and i'm like stop waste i'm just okay back to the spiritual thing i'm gonna bring things back to there i'm just a believer like he has so much power because people give him so much energy like it doesn't matter if you give him good or bad energy you're giving him all that attention and ultimately it, it's just gonna give him more power like it, it doesn't i don't think it, it works in the way that many people seem to think like nothing at this point for me, nothing he says or does can surprise me anymore. So I feel like it's just like a waste of time to spend so much energy just criticizing him and getting angry about it. Like we need to, that's why I want to go back to this idea of just being more solution oriented. Mm-hmm. Cause like, okay, yeah, we can all, we can, we can talk all day about the awful things he has said and done, but what what is that really doing? What are we going to do? What is that doing to me? It's making his supporters want to support him even more. And it's just causing us to not devote any attention to getting a real leader, having real leadership. So I equate him to, he's like a toddler mm-hmm. throwing a tantrum. And if you keep paying attention to the tantrum, the toddler's going to keep doing it, yeah. right? And that's all we're doing. And he feeds off he the loved, ego He of loves it. He loves himself. He, he is such an interesting case in that he doesn't really live in the real world world no he has this perception of himself in his head and as long as he's in the news he's doing a great job exactly exactly yeah so i don't know that's that's another that's another thing i wish people just wouldn't like spend so much time focusing on how awful he is because i'm like i feel like that's all we've done for the past um four four years now Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay what has happened yeah nothing has changed so let's let's not do that anymore and I'm like, honestly, I, I do think he's going to win this election. I do too. Like, I, I just really do. Yeah. I'm like, one, like, the incumbents already have such an advantage. Two, we have stutter Joe Biden. And I'm like, he's set Joe Biden. I'm sorry. Like, you, I I think he's, like, racist. Like, how can, how can you not think he is? Like, with the things he has said. Like, the only reason, like, I'm motivated to vote for him is because... Of his ability to to nominate um, a new Supreme Court justice, and because of how old some of them are, mm-hmm. the thought of them dying and being replaced by someone appointed by Trump is what is what scares me. Yeah, so I've heard that argument so, a lot. So too. that that's really, I think, honestly, like one of my only motivations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't. I don't. I think that Trump will win, and I think, unfortunately, everything that's going on now with the pandemic and. The protests, I think it's just strengthening his base mm-hmm. for some weird to- totally. reason. That, totally. It's... Yeah, they're just leaning into it. It's, well, especially um, just how upset so many people are not being able to work and people's livelihoods are just being stripped from them. And so I I understand people's um, anger towards the towards being cooped up in their houses, mm-hmm. you know, not not able to make, to make a living. And he's the one kind of advocating like against the virus you know so i think they're seeing it as like oh he's gonna he's gonna let us out because i i've definitely i've heard talks of us being an intermittent quarantining for the, the next year or two what our especially our our governor newsom is it's his policy his whole stance on this is ridiculous why are we still in quarantine we know that it's not that bad we know yep yeah, Unfortunately, people are going to die when we fully reopen. That's it's it's a virus. It's mm-hmm. going to kill people. What people don't want to accept, though, is that a lot of people are dying because we're closed. A lot of people are committing suicides. Yeah. A lot of people will commit suicides when this is over because they don't have a job to go back to. They don't have mm-hmm. a house to go back to. 
like this is gonna cripple a lot of people a lot of people yeah and they don't want to take that into account Mm -mm. they just want us and i think it's a power thing like we've been talking about i think that they like the idea that they can tell people no you can't go outside no you have to wear a mask no these businesses are closed and maybe in a week we'll let them open yeah i think they like i think they're feeding off that power yeah no i I think i think that's definitely at, at play here I also, what I found interesting, I just remember um, them telling us uh, months ago before before the pandemic took hold here, how masks don't do anything. Do you remember that? You know what that was from? When they told us like ma- masks don't do anything. And then three days later, they said everyone needed a mask. Yes. That was from a shortage. They knew that they didn't have enough masks for the doctors. Mm. So they told the public, uh, yeah, masks, you don't need masks because they didn't want the public to go out and buy all of the masks. Okay. And then three, a couple days later, they were like, well, we're screwed anyway. So I guess they just, they just told them. Yeah. Wow. I, Which, I, and then you wonder I was, why, I was wondering, yeah. I was like, why, why didn't wear masks at one point? It so, just magically became important. Yeah. And well, and then I know, um, Newsom just made a deal with, with China for like this huge, with the, with not China, with the company in China, my bad, um, for this huge shipment of masks. And he just bought so many of them for so cheap. Yeah. And supposedly they're going to be distributing them. I'm like, are you going to be like distributing them out to to these public institutions? Or are you going to be selling selling them to people? I don't know. It's probably going to sell them. Yeah. Yeah. So if I had to place my like, bet. But it's like they're, use, they're using uh, the state's funds to make this purchase. And then you're going to sell it to other people. I don't know. Something, it's not right. That's just, that just does not sit right with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't like that. And then just seeing, I, I looked up all the, the companies that Bill Gates has invested in, you know, because I wanted to see if he hadn't, like, what his motives could possibly be in this. And it's like, of course, he's invested uh, in his top 10 investments. One's like a waste management company. And then a company that uh, produces hand sanitizers and antibacterial wipes and a bunch of things of that nature. And I was like, okay. Have you heard that conspiracy theory that, you know, the virus he's working on, or the not virus the antidote that he's working on is actually you know some tracking thing that's really not like antibody yeah anything it's just gonna start tracking. i, I haven't heard that oh man see that scares me i i've been that trying to look up there, the, but... the it's like you never know yeah, honestly that's true i've been trying to look up the ingredients in these vaccines because i'm like i just want to know like i'm not i'm not an anti-vaxxer like mm-hmm. I, I i enjoy the benefits that modern medicine can um provide. Can, can provide us yeah. with but i'm still very hesitant at the people in the people that are in power util, utilizing these tools for uh for mass control like mm-hmm. that that is always something that's going to be on my mind and i know like t- to question that people are just going to like probably say oh you're an anti-vaxxer i'm like no i just don't want to go put something in my body that I am not 100% sure about what it is, especially, it's like, they're still trying to develop these vaccines. When is it, how long until it's safe for us to take it? That's the big like, ticket. Like, how, how long do you have to run these trials for? And I know um, a few months ago, when corona was more prevalent in the news, I kept looking up, um, I just wanted to look up what was going on with the development of the vaccines, you know, cause I'm like, no, I want to know what's happening yeah. with this before they try to enforce this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that Ox- Oxford university, um, was trying to do their test trials in Africa and immediately. So I was like, okay, wow, no, I already don't trust this. Like, why do you have to, why do you have to go there? I now I already know something suspect is going on and I just already don't trust it. That puts a bad taste in my mouth. And their, their reasoning was that 
the it hadn't fully hit in Africa yet, so they wanted to see something as it was on the rise. I'm like, huh? Mm-hmm. Like that? To, no, I don't know. I just didn't. I was not trusting that. I'm like, there's. I'm sure there are plenty of other places. Um. So so that concerned me a lot. And then the country, I forget which one it was, but they said no. Like no, you're not. To letting them to us. Yeah, they're like no, you're not coming here. Like you're not doing that. We don't want it. And I know that Madagascar um developed this country in Africa developed a natural remedy for coronavirus. And they were selling it to other African countries. I think, I'm not sure if it was the UN or the WHO was really upset about that and said that natural remedies shouldn't be considered um, okay enough to to use. And I'm like, how come? Like, why, why are you so against using a, a, nat- a natural remedy? Because they, yeah. yeah. they can't Product sell it. it. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to take, I'm not taking a coronavirus vaccine. Like, I just don't want to. Everyone I've talked to, no one wants to take a corona vaccine. I haven't met one person that wants to take it. Yeah. So. Well, especially with them rushing all the procedures to get one Exactly. Made, exactly. You, if you're the first person to get it and then six months later you die. Yeah. And it's related to that. And this whole thing has just been about money from, like, to me, all, all I've seen is money be the motive of everything. So, I don't know. I don't want to take it. People might call me an anti-vaxxer just because I don't want to take a corona vaccine, but... I don't know. Would you would you take it? I wouldn't be the first one. No. I would right? definitely I would how, wait. how long would would you have to wait? Wouldn't you want to wait a while? I'm well, truth be told, I'm not that worried about corona for like myself. Yeah. I know that I live a healthy, mm-hmm. active lifestyle. I but eat just like well. spreading it to others though. Yes, that would be my only concern. Yeah, I would wait. I mean at least six months, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a year. Mm-hmm. Like I would want to I would really want to wait for yeah. this one just because it normally takes them like three times as long to come up with a vaccine and they're trying to get it done in, you know, a third of the time. Mm-hmm. And that worries me a little bit. Yeah. Just because. Especially a, vi- a virus like this that has really taken off like like yeah. none that we've seen in And it's in morphed in some different ways and yeah. it's kind of. And I thought they've, they've said that uh, people that recovered from it got it again. Yeah, they're not. Sh- I last I heard, they're not sure if you can catch it again because mm-hmm. there have been cases where okay. people have caught it again. Yeah, but then others are like, no, that's I don't know. I I really don't know. I've heard both sides that yeah, you can catch it again, and no, it's a one time thing. But I I just don't see them being able to force everyone to get it. I just feel like that will cause such uproar. Yeah, I don't know. Which then, what's the point? Mm-hmm. If you get less than what is it? I think it's less than half of the population. Then herd immunity doesn't take effect and so people are just going to get it again yeah so then what was the point of keeping everyone locked down yeah i don't yeah i don't know yeah I have no that's, idea. that's just something i think about it's like honestly it's it's been a topic i um have been kind of cautious to bring up to, to bring up yeah just because i i know people's um opinions regarding the situation are really strong you know but i'm I'd rather, I'd rather really talk out every aspect of it and really like just know what we're getting into instead yeah. of just blindly going with it. I mean, I think at this point, everyone can, everyone should agree that we shouldn't just blindly follow what the government says. Mm-hmm. So another know. reason why I like the podcast is because we get to talk mm-hmm. this out yeah. and see. Just okay, be real. Think, yeah. Do you think this is a good idea? Well, that's kind of weird, but maybe this one's better. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I like, you know, you get to bounce yeah. back and forth and see. Okay. Yeah, this like, maybe should, this should is we how be we doing go. that. Yeah, yeah. Not enough people are getting that. They're not, and I, I feel like I feel I think too. What's hap- what happens? It's like like you said earlier about how um how the left kind of gets to dominate what is what's okay, you know, mm-hmm. like what's censored. Um, I feel like if you do kind of like speak out, like like 
against Corona or you just have like find like fault with some of it with what has been going on. You backlash. just get you just get such backlash. Oh, you yeah. get attacked so badly, but I'm just like, come on, people, like you're gonna trust pharmace- these pharmaceutical companies that have nobody's nobody's best interest. I don't know. I just I can't Yeah, we're not promoting thought. And mm. we're not promoting thoughts that go against the norm. Yeah. We're shutting it all down. Mm-hmm. It's like well, like with the BLM movement, if you you can't I saw a lot of posts where it's like, oh, if you don't support the riots and the burning of these buildings, then you don't actually support BLM. It's like, okay, well, you know, can we talk about that? Can we have a nuanced mm-hmm. conversation about Yeah, you know, yeah, you could support it and yeah, you could be against burning these buildings. Like no, no. You're either for I, it or you're against yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like for me, what what was so frustrating for me with that, I saw some people getting so angry about, angry about the riots, didn't care at all about innocent people getting killed. I'm like, why are you so angry about this? But you're not you're angry about the destruction of businesses, but you don't you're you're not angry at all about um, the loss of human life. So I think that for me, it was what my um what my thing was. But I definitely would never no, I would never partake in any mm-hmm. any violence or writing because that's just not my thing. Um, I, I do understand why certain people were so angry. And then it's like, I do understand that a lot of people like kind of hijacked it for their, for their own agenda. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I do get what you're saying. That like not being able to express, like yeah, just not express being nuanced express, answers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, to- I totally see that. Yeah. That goes with there's like, there's like such strong emotions too at the time. I think now that we're like a little bit, a little bit further away from that, we're able to kind of say like, okay, like I see. Because I, 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 I can't lie, I was definitely like getting upset at people, mm-hmm. like that people that I saw that were just like condemning the riots and going off about it. I was like, it is a double. I think a lot of it did have like a lot, kind of a lot of uh, racist rhetor- rhetoric attached to it. Oh, kind did of, it? Yeah, just like just calling people animals, like calling people animals in the street, and I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just have problems. It's with dicey. That. Yeah, it's dicey anywhere you look at it. Yeah, and I definitely, I did like have to sever a friendship over it. Oh, really? I saw... Really? Yeah, I did. Because they didn't support... They just didn't care about anything. Just about Black Lives Matter. They just didn't see the 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 reason behind the movement. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's... This is, this is a friend, though, but that's, like, in the military, very conservative, just just not open to understanding. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Not getting it would be one thing, but you're not, you're not going to try to understand, so I don't... I just don't have time to... Sometimes you have to, it sucks, but sometimes you do have to cut people out of your life. I think yeah. that's been the hardest lesson I've learned mm-hmm. in my life this far is that some people. It's like the when the values are just too different, it's, yeah. you just can't really do it. And that's, that's how I feel. My parents would always say, you know, one of the deciding factors in who you are and who you turn out to be is the company that you keep and who you're friends with, you know? So that's, that's what I say. I'm like, and you're the sum not, of, you're yeah. the sum of the five people exactly. you spend the most time with. And I think I definitely didn't know that in high school. Oh no, neither, neither did yeah. I. I would I mean, hang out with people in high school that would say things that I look back on today and they would just say such like anti-black things. And I was just totally like, I would be bothered by it, but I would still just like, I would just not want to not be their friend because of it. Cause I was like, Oh, like I don't want to not have friends. That's one of the weirdest things, right? It's so weird. Yeah. No, it's that herd mentality of like, oh man, I can't speak out. I want to I wanna fit in. Like, yeah, I want to have I and want it them gave to me, like me. It gave me such identity issues too. Oh, I bet. Oh my God. Just, I think just like growing up black and humble just comes with its problems already. But I remember one time um, someone I was friends with, she was like, oh, you're half black. I thought you were a quarter. 
And I was like, no, my dad's black. I'm half. She's like, oh, but you're like really pretty. And and this was my friend. Yeah. And, Damn. And just like little, little like comments like that, that I experienced so much that I just kind of wrote off, you know? And then also from like literally being called the N word. Like literally. Like had a, had a guy friend call me the N word. Why? Just, I mean. Just like thinking it's funny, like, ha ha. And like now, like today, I just, I'm like, you know, I can't. No, I, I, for me, I think, is it, is it dramatic to, for me to still be um, pained by that and to not want to, to, like at the time I didn't care, but now that I like have more understanding of who I am as a person and I resonate more with that, um, I just can't really look at them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't want, and the fact, and just like no apology either, you know? And I'm like, for me, I feel like I'm disrespecting myself by just like acting like it's okay because it's not, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring it up. I'm also not gonna um, be their friend or. Was he doing it to like be funny, or he thought it was appropriate, or? Um. I mean. I mean, he was he was drunk, but still, he was like, yeah. "F you." I don't believe N- in the whole word, and I literally have it on. I have it on video. Oh god. Yeah. I don't believe in the whole argument that like, oh, I'm drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, no. He, he, you know, I, I didn't make that excuse for him because one, um, at school one time he called me a black piece of shit. Oh, so he was just a piece of shit person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, no, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not even gonna, I'll, I'll find forgiveness for them. I guess I'm definitely not going to be their friend, be around them at all. Um, devote any energy into people like that so it's like stuff like stuff like that but at the time you know i was just so uncomfortable um with with being black unfortunately that i just kind of just like brushed it off and acted like it didn't happen even though it really ate away at me when did you when did you like find your voice with that and kind of accept like this is who i am i'm i'm gonna be proud of this honestly literally and this is crazy the year after i graduated from high school like really? it, it everything happened sorry I'm, I'm a snapper no you're fine everything happened so fast for me this huge change because um i moved up to oregon mm-hmm. i moved to eugene oregon and i started going to school up there and i started learning all these things you know because you're learning these things in class and then i also i read this book uh called americana it's by chimamanda ngozi adichie um she's this african woman this nigerian woman and i read that book and it was just all about all about kind of just blackness and because she came from she came from there to america and just talking about all the issues she, she experienced and just seeing reading someone else's experiences and just how similar it was and i was like oh my gosh like this is a problem that to me helped wake me up to it and realize oh this isn't just some little oh this happened to you like this is actually a thing that happens to people and it just gave me it just gave me I don't know. I felt like a sense of power, honestly, from like reading that and like relating to that because I didn't have anything like to relate to that. Um, My dad, he, my dad's black, but he died when I was in eighth grade. So literally right as I was like going through those formative years. So I lost that figure and like, I love my mom, but she can't, she can't relate to that, you know, cause she's white. And so just like having, having that female, black female voice, like explain my problems to me and how to overcome them was just so, so empowering. And then just being in such a different environment where I could really just be comfortable being whoever I wanted to be, like just be my real self. 
um, that that's really what caused the change. So I think you just have to, uh, it was uncomfortable. It was definitely uncomfortable being somewhere new, but that's where, that's where the growth happened for me. So that's why I definitely want to get back out of here so I can, I know I'll just grow so much more as an individual, but that's where I just became a lot more empowered by, I think, and it, it still took some time. There's so many, there's so many parts to it. Um, definitely like three years ago, I really was just like, you know, I'm so black. I'm so proud of this. Like stop straightening my hair. Like haven't straightened my hair in three years. Like all, all these things I've just started doing and literally like to this day, like I will go so far out of my way to, to buy something if it's like from a black owned company or a, a female owned brand, brand, just cause I just want to be so conscious with how I contribute in this society. Like, cause you know, it's like everything, like how you spend your money is really what matters. Cause like money is what motivates the people at the top so how how we all spend our money is how is kind of, is honestly how we express our power yeah your money is all is you know almost your loudest voice it, it is it really is because like, like these people i'm like they don't really care like we're, we're out here shouting people that black lives matter i'm like they don't care i'm like so that's why in my speech i did address like you know bank black bank black buy black like mm-hmm. keep keep it in your own communities and I think uh, for black people, it's especially so important just because money, money circulates. It doesn't circulate at all, really, in the black community. It's out of the black community. I think they said like within six hours. Yeah. yeah. And it's wow. like if, if you but if you like go in these black neighborhoods, like the hair stores, why are these ethnic hair stores like mostly they're owned by Asians? Isn't that isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like so we that's why. Um, when I think about uh, reparations, a, a lot of people just have this one track mind of everyone getting a check. Don't think that's the best idea, you know. No, knowing how how quickly the money leaves the community. Look at the Native need, Americans. Like it's like invest in infrastructure, you know. Like when you like when you just think about your own money, making an investment, you're gonna you want to invest in something that has a return, you know. It's like giving you're giving a lot of people money. For some people, it's like yeah, it'll work, but. Not everyone's Warren Buffett, you know, we're not all just going to know how to make the best decision. So I'm like, um, funding HBCUs more, historically black college and un- colleges and universities, um, more funding for these public schools and just giving home loans and business loans to, to people in black communities. I think that will give us, generate the best return on investment for black communities as a whole and help, help so we can like reach us more equitable status in society. So that those those are my thoughts on on reparations and such things. I think that's a great argument. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just like, come on, like we want the highest return. What's what's going to give us the highest return possible? Yeah, if you start dishing out checks, they're just going to blow through them. Like yeah. we have the coronavirus, like um, the Native Americans did. I mean, look at look at them. They have a huge source of income, but it's not helping them. Oh, I know, I know. Um, because I know I understand that a lot. A lot of Native Americans are given a lot of money once they once they turn eighteen. But I'm like, imagine if so much money was being invested into these reservations. Yeah. So I I see that and I'm like, you know, if we have history right in front of us that we can learn from, let's actually, let's take advantage of that and learn from it and, and put that to use. So I do, I do hope to see some more of that happening. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's my, that's my hope. Do you think a lot of people struggle to find their voice when they're young like that? Oh, absolutely. Especially, mm-hmm. especially if you're black growing up in a um, predominantly white area, I feel like it's also, um, a segment of the population that's not very represented, you know, because a lot of times the platforms are given to people from um, super, super black communities, you know, like the vo- the voices of black people in rural areas are kind of just. Un- Stifled. Yeah, they're unfortunately. 
but I think that's that's definitely an issue, especially for for girls. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a huge stigma just around around black women, and I think we oftentimes just get put in such a box. Like I definitely I experienced it, and it gets unfortunately like because colorism is such a a terrible disease that exists. It gets worse. Like the darker you are, like the worse the worse you're treated. So like me, like I'm I unfortunately am treated better than a super dark skinned black woman. And to me that's just like, ugh. like we're still we're still there at, at that place in society. And the unfortunate thing about it is because so many black people are still mentally enslaved, a lot of black men unfortunately really play into that as well. And like a lot of them will be like very like disrespectful towards dark skinned women. And so that to me is sad, but it's like to me that's them. Um, aspiring to whiteness without even realizing it you know that's why you'll see like oftentimes um like a lot of black guys like just going after the white girls predominantly and so me knowing this I just had like I was like looking at my dad like you know because because he had kids with a white woman and I was like hmm but then so then I found out he he did date black women though like he he dated a Ghanaian woman okay so that made me feel so much better but I'm like I just think about the other girls in my predicament whose dads have only dated white women and that, what that does to your, uh, to your conscience, you know, like in, in subliminally, like subliminally your views on, on black people. So that's, that's the hardest thing. And it's like, just be people just still being enslaved in the mind, but it just comes from a sense of just not knowing mm-hmm. your people's history or having like that sense of like, just like feeling powerful about who you are. Yeah. I could, I guess I could see that skewing your perception of yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. But then again, like when I hear that, I just think, oh, your dad probably fell in love with that woman, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. Maybe... No, he, yeah, my dad, I'm like lucky he dated, he dated all, all kinds of women. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if my dad would have been um, one of the, one of the black men that only dates the white girls, I feel like it, I don't know. Is that a big thing? Oh, that's, that's a huge thing, I feel like. Huh. And that, it would have made me like, just not respect him as much. Mm-hmm. Like it, I would have just felt like, oh, like, huh. And you think like I, it, to me, it would have made it would have made it harder for me to be proud of my blackness. Like it made me prouder to know that that he didn't um, that he did date black women. So the, it wasn't a color thing. That's what you identified with. Uh, that it wasn't like he didn't just date white, white women. He yeah, yeah. If he only dated white women, white. I would just feel like Ugh, like mm-hmm. my my I exist because he was aspiring to whiteness. But mm-hmm. so that would have that would have made it even more complex. But it's it's definitely still hard, and just grow, growing up biracial is hard too. You know, just having having a white mother, it's like no matter what, you can't relate to certain things. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard. Yeah, I get that. I my dad is Mexican. Mm-hmm. He's a first generation. You know, um, his parents immigrated here, like a I want to say a year or two before they had him, and he, you know, he speaks spanish he's fluent he's bilingual and then my mom is white and she's portuguese and stuff and it was always like i kind of not to like equate or just i noticed that like when i was growing up like i was never brown enough to hang out with mm-hmm. you know the latins and i didn't speak it so like i wasn't i was never a part of that culture so i just kind of floated around i think growing up until i found out like this is who i am i'm i might as well embrace who i am because mm-hmm. that expression you are your longest commitment yeah I think that's kind of what i identified with it's like do you, do you feel like you kind of like missed out, like uh, not having like a stronger sense of like cultural yeah, identity? I, when I went out to New York the first semester for college, I tried to get in with like 
the Latino clubs mm-hmm. and tried to identify with them and thought, oh man, this, you know, cause like I've, I've always felt like a piece of me was missing mm-hmm. with that, you know? And I went to one meeting and I was like, man, I'm like, I didn't, I can speak a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm not were they, were they all speaking Spanish? Oh no. So you Listen, just felt so outcast. Yeah. Listening to Latin music and I'm just there and I'm social enough. So like I could kind of get around and I was talking to them and stuff, but it was like, I like they're it's obvious that that's their culture. Like yeah. I felt like an outsider. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm that's, doing. That's here. how I feel too. Honestly, um, just around black people or white people, you know, like, mm-hmm. I would hang around my girls and they, some things they'd start laughing at. And I was like, huh? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just like the humor was just yeah. very different or like, it's like the li- same thing. Li- li- humor going is. so hard, listening to Taylor Swift. And I yeah. was like, yep, this is not it for mm-hmm. me, you know? Um, so I definitely like felt like I related more to black people, but then when I would hang out with black people, they're always like, just talking, telling me how white I am. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm black. <laughs> like, cause I, I feel really black, but a lot of it is just how I sound, which is definitely like a stigma that needs, needs to go away. Mm-hmm. But also just not growing up around so many black people definitely like contributed to, to me not identifying with it as much, you know? Mm-hmm. So then it, it just, that definitely caused these kind of issues. But luckily, uh, when I did go to Oregon, there were a lot of black people there, like on the, on the campuses. So I was able to hang out with them and that, that made me feel so much better. So I think that's, that's why I was able to really, um, just become more confident in who I am and aware of it. Mm -hmm. So definitely like being around um, people like you helps. Yeah. I think it's hard for people to kind of find who they are. Cause I think you have these ideas built up in your head of, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, if I mix, then I need to, I don't know. I'm both. So I got to identify and try to find my place. And sometimes it's like you hold more weight in identifying with those groups than you do like finding out who you are yeah. and what you're about mm-hmm. and what matters to you and what's important. And yeah, I don't know how you, I, just, I think that's just. It's like everyone's own little kind of Yeah, kinda I think journey. everybody struggles with that. I think that that's like what's, what's unique about it. You know, you mm-hmm. just get to, can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> kind of figure it out yourself. Yeah. So I think that's nice. I think that shapes a lot of who you grow into mm-hmm. are those, you know, experiences when you're younger. Yeah. And trying to figure it all out. Yeah. I definitely, because I would like look back, I was like, oh my God, I really was. Like people would call me whitewashed in high school and I didn't see it. And looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I really was. So I'm, I'm glad to to be free of that. So that's why I try to help help black people who I, who I can tell were like in that predicament that I was in, like help them just feel comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. about it. Because it's, it's like, it's a humble county, you know, it's like what, 73% white. So it's only natural that people here feel like, feel that way, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, black black people here feel that way you know we have a big monk population though don't we um yeah i feel i feel like it's not like as as big as it used to be I oh really i don't know don't you do you kind of feel like that i i've only been back here a few months okay but i mean in high school we had i a feel like I, I feel like i never see any monk people ever oh really i don't know well, maybe they all said i don't know i mean also i, I mean we are we are in corona but that's a good point i also feel like even at, like the end of high school like versus the beginning when I came in, there were like less and less. Also, same same with same with Mexican people. I never. I feel like I just saw less and less Mexican yeah. people. The Fortuna has a pretty good. Yeah, Latin they do population. Mexican Mexican population. Yeah, Latin. Yeah, oh, Latin. Mex- okay, Mexican. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you said no, black yeah. for a second. No, I was I like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I've ever seen no, a black I, person in Fortuna. I would be surprised if I saw one in Fortuna. I I went to the protest out there. It was so funny. It was literally most. Okay, not mostly, but I saw so many Eureka people there. Oh really? And I feel like I just. I was, I was surprised there was one in Fortuna. I was like, that I, was, I the was last too, place I was, I expected. I was honestly, I was scared. Yeah. I was scared to go to that. 
Um, and it ended up being fine, but yeah, I don't think I don't think the the people of Fortuna really showed out to it. I think a lot of the racist people in Fortuna are just old. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but that I, I mean, that trickles down. I had a buddy who I don't really talk to anymore, kind of for the same reason, you know. And it was just like I tried to get through to him on a number of different topics, you know. But his parents were very set in their way and he carried on that tradition and, Mm -hmm. you know, there reached a point where it was like, I was putting too much of my energy into it and there was no return and yeah, he was a really good friend of mine and it just, you know, it hits a point where it's like, I can't, I, I can't let what you're putting out there. I can't let that start to change my views, you know, cause then we've got two bad paths that mm-hmm. we're down. sometimes you gotta cut loose of a sinking ship before it drags you both down yeah no you definitely do and i think uh, for me for me with the friend that i had that I had a cough we had we have been friends for like so long mm-hmm. so many years since we're little kids you which know? makes it so much harder but i was like you know what i'm not gonna let time um dictate holding on to friendships um if if they're not benefiting me at all and if this person is clearly like not respecting who, who I am and like who, mm-hmm. who I come from, you know, so. That's a good outlook to have. So I was like, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't want to do that. You know, time, think times come and go, people come and go. I'm, I just want, want to keep like real genuine people around me. Yeah, that's the key because mm-hmm. most people keep toxic people around them. Oh, I know. Just just for the sake of having friends. Um, I feel like I definitely went through a period where I just wasn't really close to anyone. Like, mm-hmm. I, of course, like I had friends, but a lot of friends I had like didn't live here and you know people you just get caught up in your own life you know people yeah. are busy so i just felt really lonely and it was like okay i could i could sacrifice my values and who i am as a person to go hang out with these people so i can hang out and feel like i have friends yeah but i'll just hate myself and i i, I think i did that for a moment and then i was like okay you know what this is not it like i'd rather be alone and i, I just found uh the more time i spent alone you know i, I, I love to be alone yeah <laughs> you just i don't know it's good it it is. You just I don't know. You kind of explore explore things about yourself. I don't mm-hmm. know. I I like it. I I definitely enjoy my alone time. Yeah, being alone and keeping company that adds value to your yes, life. Yes, it's so important. Crucial. I know. Some I feel like sometimes people like take that the wrong way. You know, like everyone mm-hmm. has to be contributing something to your life, but it's like no, they they really should be adding some kind of value. Or else, what's the point of um spending your time around someone? You know. Yeah. If all they're doing, if they're negative all the time, or mm-hmm. if they're just spewing garbage all the time then, yeah then you spending your time with them it's draining yeah and i think i mean that's one of the, the reasons i had to stop hanging around like a lot of people it's just yeah. like just like the negativity like mm-hmm. the, the gossip kind of thing i was like okay i'm like you yeah, know i don't want to do this anymore yeah. like i don't like i don't like that it just makes me it just makes me feel weighed down and bad especially if you're ambitious mm-hmm. and you're hanging around people that don't really have ambitions yeah then they get mad at you for out you're out doing things mm-hmm. trying to make something happen and they're like well, why are you doing that like, like you don't secretly need... secretly a hater yeah yeah it's like i don't you don't need that toxicity Mm-mm. no it... that's that's definitely a thing oh yeah and it's like but then it's like you want to you try to uplift people and then i think they're just like oh it's like okay you know what no mm-hmm. i'll just i'll just go in my way it's a learning curve for everyone <laughs> it being is. able to be comfortable enough in yourself to be able to say all right like you know i love you i will always love you um, but we, I just, I can't invest any more time. In yeah. Those. Yeah. No, I think, I think so. It's kind of, it's kind of sad in a way. You it know? is. I know. Like, oh, whoa. Like, well, it's like, it's, 
I think I see it as okay. Well, you just you just make room for um for new for new people to yeah. come into your life. You know that that fit better. I think that's a big sign of growth. It is in I your think, life I think so. being able to. It can, it can get kind of lonely sometimes, oh, though. You yeah. know, because it's like you feel I I don't know. I guess I struggle with this sometimes. I I think am I just like a weird person? You know, because. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like I feel like I'm not like vibing with a lot of people or like I'll I'll vibe with people like on a on a certain level but then other things it's just like oh okay like I don't know we're just not not connecting at all mm-hmm. so, so I used to worry about that sometimes I'm like oh it'll be it'll be okay like I'm not I'm not that special you know there's got to be there have there have to be a lot of people out there um, that share that share these values and interests so. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that can be hard though at times yeah it can be like lonely at times I feel like we're going to be spiritual for a second i feel like that's like a sign that you're like guarding your energy Mm -hmm. you're being protective of that and i think that that's important yeah no definitely i think that some of the you know some of the most valuable friendships that i have are people who all kind of experience that same thing yeah it's like that eventually eventually you find each other and it's Mm -hmm. like oh man okay like i'm glad i held out yeah for this kind of friendship because this is something that is is worth Mm -hmm. the investment yeah yeah, I always like I always just like tell myself I'm like, okay, one day I'm gonna have like a group of friends where like everyone is super cool with mm-hmm. each other. Everyone's trying to save the world like me because yeah. that's what, that's what I'm about. I'm like, I need them to be like spiritually balanced too. Mm-hmm. Just all these things, and then I'm like, damn, like no wonder I spent so much time alone. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know what? Eventually, it, it'll come eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just to have patience. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to patience. Yeah, I know it. Def- it definitely does. Little little book club. Luckily though, I I have found though lately like texting my friends like people new people i've met even like during this to become closer to you know we're just like talking like oh yeah i read this you should check it out like I, that's, that's the kind cool. of that's the kind of thing i like so yeah. definitely experienced a lot more of that but i also realized too it's because like i kind of have been putting myself out there more you know mm-hmm. like i didn't i didn't expect so many people to reach out to me and say hey like you're doing such a great job because i didn't really feel like i was doing anything because i'm like in my household we're always on these topics, you know, pushing, mm-hmm. pushing these kinds of ideas for like, how do we save the world kind of thing? But I didn't realize like, I'm not really projecting that energy out into the, into the world. I, I, I guess I realized that during this time. Cause I'm like, Oh, I thought I, I thought I'd been doing this, yeah. but, I, but I guess not like on that, on that level, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's been, that, that has been nice. People gravitate towards that. Yeah, no, they, they do. I didn't, I didn't expect them to. And like, and then I was like, damn, like, cause at first I was like, oh, am I like, I don't want to be so outspoken, but then I'm like, no people like, I want, I wish more people would like stand up and fight for people. And then people like message me like, oh, thanks for, thank you so much for saying things like telling me they're, they're too scared to say anything. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Like I was scared to say it, but I, I knew I would do it regardless. Mm-hmm. But I just, I guess I never thought there are so many other people out there that really are just too scared to actually come out and say anything. Yeah. Like, people tell me they're just, like, little silent, silent scrollers on, on social media. Well, that's cool that you get to be that Yeah. So I, like, I think that's okay. important. Yeah. And, but then I'm just like, oh, like, I always try to talk to a lot of people because, like, I can, I only speak from, like, what I, what I, yeah, be wait, helpful what, what, what I, what too, I, right? yeah, what I witness and, like, what I experience, but I don't want to be, like, I don't, want people, I don't want people to think like I'm speaking for every, every situation is different. Like everyone's mm-hmm. experience is different. That's why I have like problems with Candace Owens. I noticed she always like just tends to speak just solely from her experiences. Um, I don't know who that is. Candace Owens. What are, I feel like I've heard that name. Oh gosh. Um, oh. She, she's like the Republicans little, um, she's like the person they, the black, their token black 
girl that that they that they that they use to address uh any kind of race issues Mm -hmm. any anytime any kind of race issues come about they just pull out candace owens and she basically just she's a black woman she just basically goes to say like racism is not a problem kind of thing and da 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 just follows their yeah, I'm, party I think, lines. I think she just kind of kind of gets paid mm-hmm. to to just go spew super anti-black um, agendas. She's always talking about um, black family structures and how how they're so destroyed and all of this stuff and how it's the Democrats are responsible for it and da 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 da. da. She just never she never addresses the the crack epidemic of the 80s though and mm-hmm. how that and how that is the cause of the destruction i'm like does she not see it like yeah she's just very selective and then she just says i saw a video of her she's like well my grandpa was able to do blah, blah, blah. i'm like okay like she's cherry picking i'm like that's awesome like that's yeah. great for your grandpa like not every not everybody's and i'm like and then like i look at my own family i'm like yeah my grandpa has like accomplished so much and i'm still i'm not gonna be like okay so everything's fine just because just because my grandpa was able and my parent my dad in turn was able to um to succeed in society mm-hmm. but i'm like also like i feel like i come from a family where you it's just like always been a thing you know to speak out against injustice like my grandpa was the, the president of his local naacp chapter and he was also the oh, mayor wow. and he's like super active in his community Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I feel like I just kind of like come come from that, like just the line of doing that. But um, I, I would never be like, oh well, my grandpa did that, so mm-hmm. so black people are fine. Like everyone can yeah. succeed. It's like no, it's not how it works. Yeah, not everybody has that case. Mm-mm. And it's like he had to, he had to go, he had to join the air force first of all to even be able to get an education or anything. Like he, a lot of people he had he had he, had, he had he had nothing. You know, like they're. Yeah. My grandpa's parents, they weren't able to give them anything. And it's like, I think in that times, you know, it was a lot different being black in the military back then. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Just, that's why I try, I try, I, that's why I also wanted to kind of step back from being so vocal because I was like, wait, I want, I just want other people to talk, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, it's not like an, it's not an ego thing for me, you know? That is really important. And I think mm-hmm. that speaks to your character as an orator because. <laughs> Most people, when you step in front of the microphone and people start listening, they can't get enough of it. They want to stay up there and mm-hmm. ride that horse as long as they can. Oh no, totally. Yeah. So I, I just, I never want to, I never want to be that. And I think a lot of the, it's like even though this movement hasn't like established clearly, like who, who are the leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to share, to kind of share the the leadership roles in a way, like not let, just not let one person's ideas really. Yeah. be the deciding factor yeah but to me like who i see is like a strong strong leading voice for for black people today um i don't know if you know who, who he is dr cornell west i have heard the name oh, he is brilliant yeah yeah if you can ever um he has a book called race matters i haven't actually read the book but i went and heard him speak in february because he came to hsu which is, which oh, is crazy yeah and I was just, I was hanging on to every word because he just like is able to give such a deep analysis of why things are the way they are. Not just like, oh, this happened and this happened. Like he's really, he's able to really get into it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this man is everything. And yeah. he just has such like a like pizzazz to him too. Like he's still so just like happy and enthusiastic. And I think he's like 76 years old. Oh wow. And he just still says, out there moving. he's dancing. He's oh, good for not, him. not, not during his, not during his talks, mm. but he, he's just really, that's cool. Yeah. He has a he has really great energy and he's just, he's just really brilliant. 
Oh, that's so awesome. yeah, I wish I wish more people would pay attention to him, but he's also he's not very active with his social media. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, like, and Angela Davis, like the fact that Angela Davis is still like here in this in this movement with us, like she was in her own time, yeah, going hard, and now here she is back again. So I don't know, it's it's all kind of crazy to me to like, wow, things haven't really changed like mm-hmm. that much. Like we're still fighting this fight. Yeah, how far we've come and yet, how far have we gone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was saying, um, I think, oh, I think Joe Rogan asked him, asked Dr. Cornell West, like, does yeah, I think that might have been where I, I think I've heard him talk. Yeah, I think yeah. he asked him, like, what did he say? Like, does it seem kind of futile, like, still having to fight the or how that the uh, the things he expressed in his book Race Matters mm-hmm. are still so relevant twenty five years later? Like, how does that make you feel? Like, like this is all for nothing? And he said, he says no, it, like it doesn't. You know, like we've still. Like he's he's still very encouraged by what by what has happened. Like and just kind of basically kind of just like keep pushing, you know. So I was like, okay, you know what? If you if he says if someone like that says that, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. So it definitely it gives me hope. So yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's all yeah. It's interesting. I'm like you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and act like things are not way better today than they were back in that time. Mm-hmm. You know. I just know they had to go through so much worse things. I know even uh, when I was a baby, um, we lived in Arlington, Virginia, and my parents, so my mom and dad, so that's an interracial couple, you know, and mm-hmm. they have me, they're a little baby, which a lot of, like, uh, to someone who doesn't like black people, to see a mixed child like me is just such, like, a dis- like disgusting thing to see. And we're, what do you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, when we were driving across country, that was the place we had stopped. They wouldn't even, like, serve my family. Really? Mm-hmm. And then the restaurant we did go to, um, a man turned turned his chair and faced it at my dad and just, like, turn, just turned his chair completely so he was just, like, facing our table, just, like, staring at us, like, just to, to make us uncomfortable. I mean, I was a baby, so I wasn't feeling anything. Yeah. But just trying to intimidate, intimidate my parents and... My dad, he just, so my dad was in the Marines um, at the time, and he was a drill instructor, and he taught Marines how to throw knives. So my dad just picks up his steak knife, and he's just, like, holding it um, with, his, with his fist on the table, and just starts talking about all the, all, the, all the things he knows how to do to a man with a knife. And so then the guy finally turns around, but it's, like, the fact that my dad really had to, like, flex Go like there. that. Yeah. yeah had to, and it's, like... Oh, it's just crazy to me that that really happened when when I was a baby, and they were gonna stay the night there, but they're like, no, we're leaving here right now. So we just got on the road, I guess, and just kept going. I'm so sorry. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely. Gonna, I'm gonna pee my pants. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Feel like, that's oh why I was God. like, I can't drink any more I know. water. I don't think I really learned how to cook until going away to college. Honestly, okay, I can I can get I can handle some can things. Can you do me a favor? Just pull that a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're fine. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not a chef though. No, yeah. I'm not one of those people that gets in the kitchen without a recipe and just makes magic happen. Yeah. Rain, Rain's like that person. She just has that touch, you know? Mm-hmm. She just gets in there and just whips up a, a creation and it just tastes exceptional. Oh, so man. yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, happy to have her back, right? Yeah. No, it's more, it's not because she's going to be cooking. She's. That's just I, a I, small I, part I, of I missed it. her, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Did you have, and you came prepared today with oh, a little sheet of paper. Well, okay, so this actually is, I, I can't take, I can't say I came prepared. I actually just generated this list 
when I was feeling so helpless about what to do, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm like, okay, like, yeah, social media, it's great to spread all this knowledge, but it's like what you do outside of that is really what's going to matter, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like. So, um, for my little park meetings, I just wanted to generate these lists of topics to address, you know, when, when reaching out to any, any elected officials, you know? Okay. And so, and then I also, Maddie Moore, my friend Maddie Moore, she helped me develop a list of like contacts of all the officials. So she went on Google Sheets, maybe the super nice long list from Eureka, um, city council officials to Humboldt County DA and supervisors, um, state of California representatives, also people in uh, Minnesota, you know, Mm because we wanted to address the George Floyd thing. And I was thinking... And also, I'm going to do this with my friends, too. I have a lot more copies of these. Just passing these out along with the contacts and then stamps and envelopes. Because I'm like, I want people to be writing letters to these people. And this is really just like kind of give them a guide. Mm -hmm. I just, I read that, um, you know, those little templates that circulate where it's like, oh, just put your name on this. And and it sends the letter to the official. It's already like Mm pre-written. I've just read that those pretty much just are trashed. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. Like... They're just getting spammed with the same letter? Yeah, just like no no impact. I mean, sure, like burdening their email, but not doing much. But I'm like, no. To me, I think just receiving something in the mail, mm-hmm. it's like personal. I think that... Adds just, a new flair to it. Yeah, I, that's what I think. Especially, like, imagine just bombarding these people all of a sudden. So have you been reaching out to, like, the city councilman here locally? Okay, so no, not not city council here. Um, Just because with the whole movement, I... For me personally, like the city, Eureka City Council is not such like such a problem. Like they're not in a position of power to really change anything because mm-hmm. I don't feel like we have a lot of issues personally. Um, Maggie Fleming's office, though, I've been call- I've been calling her office just because of her mishandling of the Josiah Lawson case. So what do you say when you call her? Um, that I demand her resignation. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just, just want her gone. Wow, you know, I just right want her out the of gate. there. Yeah, just the just the disrespect. Okay. Um, the toward toward Char- Charmaine Lawson is just so unsettling. And um, two jurors from the from the prosecution of Kyle Zwellner actually, um, reached out to Charmaine to apologize to her for how they voted because, uh, Maggie Fleming had swayed them to say that Kyle Zwellner was innocent if he was defending himself you know for those who and that are also listening. sorry i just, oh, no, I just want to say this too because i feel like this is not super known about the josiah lawson case mm-hmm. the girls that were with kyle zwellner actually pepper sprayed and bear maced him before kyle oh, stabbed wow. him. yeah i just wanted to say that and nothing ever happened to those girls and i think that they should also have been um prosecuted as well for their role oh wow i didn't, I didn't that. know that no yeah so much is not known and the case is so botched but sorry go on no i was gonna say for those who don't know or haven't been following the case could you Real reiterate what happened. Oh, okay. So well, you can take a drink first. I didn't mean to interrupt okay. you right there. <laughs> Just for those listening, because it is, I mean, there's so much misinformation. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That, well, and all, a lot of it is a result of a super botched uh, police investigation. So there was an off-campus party hosted by Brothers United, which is a HSU, um, like black fraternity i don't think it's actually a fraternity but it's called it's just a a group for black men so they can all just um be with each other especially in such a predominantly white area that you're not from i think that's really necessary Mm -hmm. and so and josiah was actually he was the president of it and they were having a party and um some girls had accused josiah of stealing of stealing their cell phone which was actually later was found and kyle zwellner had showed up to to get the girls and they had been accusing Josiah, so then Josiah got mad, and so then um, a fight ensued. 
from the looks from the looks of it, what I'm imagining is what happened is Josiah was winning the fight because if you see Kyle Swalmer's mugshot, you'll see that he's yeah. he's pretty beaten up. Yeah. And so and then also from state from statements of people that were there, they were fighting. The girls pepper sprayed and bear maced him. And then the they ended up on the ground. Um Kyle was underneath Josiah and Josiah was on top, but I think with I'm pretty sure with his back on Kyle's stomach. And um oh no 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 sorry other way around I think I think Kyle was on top and yes yes that's right sorry Kyle was on top and Josiah was on the ground and I think that Josiah had had Kyle like in a chokehold but and I think so Kyle had reached over and stabbed Josiah Josiah was stabbed five times on his left side of his of his torso from the top of his chest to his waist so he has five stab wounds so um, he bled out there and the cops were called. Uh, they didn't like really do a, a good job of of securing the area, and people were the friends of Josiah were freaking out because they said they wanted to take him. They wanted to take him. And they said no, they had to wait, and the ambulance didn't get there until about ten minutes later. And in the video, you see the other cop show up, and the cop who was originally on scene saying something along the lines of, "Oh, thank God you guys are here. I had no idea what I was doing." Also, um, there are episodes about this. You you can watch you can watch this this happening. Um, the fight, not not the fight, oh, okay. but just the um, the police on scene mm-hmm. and the the chaos that ensued from the people freaking out, saying their friend just got stabbed. Um, I think Crime Watch has an episode, and then there's also an something called Botched. It's about how APD botched the investigation. Hmm. Those are if you go on Justice for David Josiah Lawson Facebook page, you'll find links to those. Um, yeah, so. They only interviewed Kyle for 15 minutes that night, which is what you would, how long you would investigate someone for, um, ro- for just robbing a place or stealing. They also were letting people, them all talk to their friends. You're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to allow people to talk to each other. Yeah, you want to separate yeah, the witnesses, want, right? And also you want to get everyone's statements that night. No, they were getting the statements over the next few days. It's like they should have got everyone's statement that night, which, so APD has acknowledged that they failed to do it to conduct a solid investigation and the chief the the man who was the chief at that time actually resigned and i think that was as a result of the heat that he had received because of his just their their lack of handling the case properly Mm -hmm. and so then um and because they didn't do a good job collecting evidence there there wasn't enough to to convict um to charge Kyle Swellner, so he was, um, he was let go because of lack of evidence, and then I, yeah, and, and then I think, um, later on, they were, like, they, I think they were able to, to bring it back to court, but then Maggie Fleming had said, like, okay, if it was, if it was an act of, um, self-defense, then, like, telling them if it was an act of self-defense, like, say that he's innocent, mm-hmm. okay, well, when someone is that beat up, you know, you could, you can argue that it doesn't change the fact that he murdered somebody. Yeah. And so now they're trying, um, there's a petition going around, which can also be found on the Facebook page to get the, the case moved and have the uh, attorney general of take over the case. Mm-hmm. And I think Maggie Fleming is even, is even pushing that as well. And also we're trying to demand that her resignation because she had just never cared about this case. You what know? was her response? Honestly, it was like no no response, mm-hmm. and so that's why Charmaine Lawson is, is coming for her so hard. 
Um, and I think the problem with Humboldt County is like it's such like a good old boy club, you know. Yeah. You know, just kind yeah. of just like, and I think, and what this is what Charmaine said. She's this is what she said at the vigil. She said her son is just a, a black man from out of the area, you know. So they're not they're not gonna devote their their time and energy to solving that. And also, I think that um, Kyle Zollner's dad worked for the the sheriff's department. Sure. Oh, really? He worked in some capacity for some law enforcement mm. in Humboldt County. Yeah. Then it gets a little dicey. So then, yeah, it gets a little dicey. He's a local. Yeah. So there's there's all of those aspects to it. So that's why I've, I've just been wanting to focus so hard on that because I'm like, such a, a gross miscarriage of justice in our own backyard. And that's why I was telling you earlier, like, I feel like if I can't even help that, then what what business do I have trying to, to fix the problems on a greater scale outside, mm-hmm. outside of the area that are that are more distance from, from myself? So yeah, that's that's my thing right now. I actually I even have the GoFundMe link for for litigation assistance in my Instagram bio. Oh, that's cool. yeah, because I just I really I I've already donated twice. I'm trying to just like treat it like a bill, just like <laughs> don't <laughs> donate when I can, you know, because I just feel I feel so sad for her. She comes up to Humble like every other month. Not since Corona took hold, not as much. I don't think she had come since January when she, before the time she just was last year, um, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So she obviously stopped coming as much. But she said she knew that with everything going on with the movement, she just had to she had to take advantage of the energy and come up here. And more people than ever showed out for her. And and just learning about how she established that scholarship fund with the help of Black Humboldt, which is a, a local group here, or no, with the Eureka NAACP. And they, how they were all just like there to support her. That was really. That's incredible. It, it really made me, it made me feel a lot better. And just the community just coming together to be there for her. And her just being so gracious and having so much strength. You know, like I said, when people are driving by, just, just shouting some obscenities. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm really like passionate about right now. So yeah. So yeah, that's what I reach out to officials for. I want, I want her to resign. That happened. Quite a few months ago, though, didn't it? Years. It oh, it was years. It happened. Twenty seventeen. Oh wow! I thought it was uh, early twenty nineteen. It was twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. It's been three years. It was wow. Yeah, April twenty. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, and you know, it's so sad. So he is the same age as me, and he said he was studying criminal justice. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why it's like crazy. You know, when I just like kind of take a step back look at the look at the big picture of everything because you know you see someone like josiah lawson president of brothers united he wanted to be in criminal justice he wanted to go on to become a lawyer and he gets his life taken from him all because of an accusation that he stole someone's phone that was later found and then you have people like uh the girl marley perry and friends like she wants to go in the criminal justice system but she she you know using hate speech and all those things and then just seeing all all of the older members of the community supporting her saying that people shouldn't, she shouldn't be suspended. But I'm like, they have they don't devote any attention or, or care about Josiah Lawson's case. So I, I just see all that and it's, it's hard for me to not see it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just like, wow, you know, like, what is happening? but I'm like, it, it does make me feel better that those people are, are much older. You know, they're all like, a lot of those people I saw were like in their 60s, so that made mm-hmm. me feel better. But unfortunately, they're they're the ones that show up at the polls. Why is it taking so long to get something going? Is it just not enough traction or not enough people coming out and supporting? Or? Um, for for Josiah, Lawson, yeah. I think it's Maggie Fleming. Like she's the she's the DA. She like she has she had the power um, to 
to get justice and same and same with APD and I think the new the new chief addressed it how it was mishandled and how they wanted that he's been working with Charmaine Lawson mm-hmm. to help her get justice because they they know they messed up yeah like they 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 have acknowledged it and that's why it's also crazy to me like they themselves have acknowledged it but people in the community still don't want to accept it and I'm like they they interviewed him for 15 minutes and let him talk to his friends yeah d- nothing that about that want... case seems like they handled it right no they did it and I, you know what I think I think they showed up they showed up to a party they saw a bunch of black kids and they were just scared i think you know like that's what it seems like it's like someone had been sad there were a lot of people they just and they i don't think they had all the necessary training mm-hmm. to handle a situation like that i yeah i could only imagine i mean it's hard talking to drunk people on a good night mm-hmm. and so to deal with a bunch of drunk kids yeah and somebody had just been stabbed mm-hmm. but that's and just like that's... bleeding out in the grass See, moments like that, it's like, I, why didn't somebody else help mm-hmm. if you've got all those people around? That's the I mentality know, that's, I always take. That's what Charmaine is always saying. Like, someone saw something. Like, please come forward. Yeah, there's no way two kids just fought and nobody... Are you kidding me? Drunk people love watching fights. Yeah. And nobody saw. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's why I'm like, okay, I don't know. Like, I, I, I wasn't there, you know, so like, I can't speculate too much. But I'm like, come on, someone, someone saw something. Or maybe it was because it was such a tussle and it was outside in the grass. Like, but still, was... nobody could have broken it up. Like, nobody. I know. Knew. Well, I think maybe with the, with the girls bear macing and pepper spraying, that all that could have um, played a role. Jesus. And I just felt like they should have been charged um, for that. You know, you shouldn't be able what, to. What, just what mace? do you think? You, you can't. You can't just bear mace somebody. Yeah. What is and that? That was just... to me. That was like um, accomplice and murder. You know. And that was Kyle Zwellner's knife. Kyle started the fight too. Is that um, what? so the the it was originally um the girls like the girl said that he stole the phone or something. Yeah, yeah. But then Kyle went up and confronted him. See, I'm not I'm not sure about those okay. details. Yeah, that's what freaks me out about any altercations like that. Is like if there's a fight coming my way, I'm I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like I have no. My bad. I'm gone. Yeah, I, me too. I don't I don't want to be in the mix. Knife? Exactly. Um, especially like with men, you know, I feel like, uh, with men, they just really, uh, things get really violent really fast. So I just get kind of scared. So I, as a woman, I definitely would have like tried to get as far away as possible. Especially at parties when yeah. guys are drinking and You know, there's always like, there's down. always like those girls that want to break it up. That is, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but the fact, and but the fact that they really like bear maced him just insane Stop. to me and it just makes me sad like over a phone like over a, over a phone somebody? yeah like mm-hmm. and then um when you when you watch i forget which episode but when you watch it so you hear him um interviewing kyle like in the squad car mm-hmm. and the cops asking about it, he's like i don't know i don't remember i got hit really hard at it he just says i don't remember i don't remember I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what do you, when you hear that, what do you do? Because that is just, it doesn't, I mean. And I'm like, Mike, like someone saw something, you know, I don't know. It makes me sad. And I'm like, come on guys. Like, I feel like a lot of Josiah's friends, like had to have been there. Like someone had to have seen something like at least help Charmaine, you know, she, she, uh, it was so sad. It's that weird idea of not wanting to be a snitch. I hate that. I, I, I I really hate that. Um, the, uh, that's what's kind of ugly about our society. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people 
they condemn snitching i feel like more than they condemn pedophilia like if you're that an argument could be made for that like you know mm-hmm. i okay not everywhere but i just this is a problem like within within the, the black community i noticed like especially like among like entertainment entertainers maybe they're just trying to keep this like hard image because they think it makes them like look cool but um, I noticed with six nine more 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 of them were upset about him being a snitch mm-hmm. than a pedophile. Yeah, that's a weird. And that's that a weird and one, that right? to me just made me lose so much respect. I was like, okay, you guys are not like real leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, snitch. Uh, just the value the values to me are just so out of order. So, that I don't know. I think that's really a problem. I'm like, being a I don't know a snitch. Like, how is that? A, I don't know. It's always like, oh, don't speak on it. Like, just mind your own business. But it's like, no, you need to. You guys owe that woman. Yeah. It's it. I, I don't even know. Like that. It's just a weird. I mean, I, you get it. Like, if you and your friends are out doing something and you do something, then it's like, oh man, like we can't tell anybody. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. But I mean, somebody's life was taken, and you're all just gonna be like, oh man, we can't. That uh, it. It's dicey, right? Yeah. And I feel like, I'm like, okay, I, I think maybe they're scared, you know? I don't know. It's it's so hard, you know, not, not knowing the, all the details. I'm like, maybe maybe they're scared of, like, possible re- repercussions. But yeah, I don't know. And that's something to be said about parties, man. Especially in today's day and age is you really just don't know Mm-mm. who has what and who's on what and who's willing to do what. Yeah. Like. I've been to some parties. Uh, I went to school at Oregon State for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was kind of in the frat a little bit. And I went to some parties and I walked in the door. I remember to one and I was there for probably 30 seconds. I was drinking a beer and I was looking around. And I was like, I got the, I have to get the F out of here. Why? Because what was happening? it was what just was anarchy. I mean, there was one kid upstairs who was like punching through the drywall in the wall screaming and there were a bunch of guys around him like no man it's okay it's okay and the girls were like oh my god i can't believe he's doing that and i was like nope and then so i went downstairs and it was some off-campus party for some frat or something and Mm -hmm. there was a stripper pole downstairs and one of the guys is like standing up on a chair in front of the stripper pole and he's screaming at this other dude and i walk right back upstairs and i'm like i'm out like this yeah, is not where see, i need to be it, no it's really oh you just never know you don't that's i just get scared honestly i don't like in this day and age i get scared being in places with a lot of people because i'm like okay who's just gonna like unload on everybody in here just from being crazy you know there's so many and like yeah uh, wa- just when i would be walking through campus um when i was in oregon you know mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember when that umqua community college shooting happened oh yeah so, i forgot about so that. i was in oregon during that time because this was like my first year out of high school being up there and I, ever since that happened that unfortunately just really instilled such a deep um fear of being in a mass shooting for me mm-hmm. and so anytime i'd be on campus if i felt someone behind me i would just start like looking behind me you know like if i felt footsteps because i'd be scared and then i noticed that too like people would do that as well like if i was walking and someone was ahead they would always be turning having their head on a swivel and i would just think i wonder if they ha- if they have like that same mentality of i do you know just wanting to be alert and be aware of a, po- of a possible um possible school shooter or mass shooter and after talk i've talked with a lot of friends about this and they all do have that fear so to me i kind of feel like 
that was that was the fear that people have because I noticed that happened like I I did a a CR the same people did that too you know just like mm-hmm. look, looking behind them kind of thing I don't know I just wonder wonder how prevalent that that fear really is like I wish we had some surveys conducted about that to see how much of a problem it is for us you know that's interesting I've never I've been on campus before right and then been you know kind of sketched out by someone behind me but not because I was worried they were going to shoot me. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like dark and I'm walking across campus or something, just because there's someone behind me, I'm like, hey man, you just got to be aware of your surroundings, you yeah. know? <laughs> but I wonder, yeah, I've never, I've never thought about it. You've, you've never felt scared about like, oh wow, like someone could really shoot right now. Like shoot everybody. I, not personally, okay. no, I have not that's, felt. That's, that's good. Maybe it's some. I wish I didn't have weird that. Weird denial system. Yeah. I just don't feel like. No, I wish I didn't feel that fear. Mm-hmm. It's like, not. it's not a good feeling. No, but then it's I like, can imagine. I just remember at one point I felt, uh, oh, it was last summer. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was like shooting after shooting. There was um, that shooting in Texas. And then there was another one outside of a bar. I think somewhere in the Midwest. I don't know if it was Indiana or Illinois. But they literally happened within a few days of each other. And so I was just so on edge by that. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is really such a problem. And it's sad, but the only reason we haven't been experiencing it is because we've been um, in quarantine. Like, can you imagine? We already know there would have, uh, like, we don't already know, but I can only imagine how many school shootings would have happened in the past few months had we not been in lockdown. Yeah, I don't know. I forget that I forget the exact statistics on mass shootings. I, I think three or more people um, constitutes a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. I think it. I know it's definitely like one every week. I'm not sure what what the daily statistics are, but they're so frequent, and it's such a it's such a bad problem. It's just one that's been pushed to the side because the the elements that are that are crucial to having one happen um, been available. We haven't been able to have these mass gatherings, so I'm like, like that's like, that's just like the other fear, you know. It's like, yeah, we're in this movement, and it's all and it's super scary. And I have been scared about people like just um going and shooting up those things, you mm-hmm. know. But I'm, I'm just kind of scared for when things really do ba- open back up, you know. Just a lot of the emotions that people have in this time, and how that ing- how how radicalized a lot of people are getting, you know, mm-hmm. on on both ends, what that's gonna look like for us. Do you? Do you feel that feeling pretty frequently when you're on campus? Or it's only in certain situations where it's maybe um, a little sketch? If there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If, if there's like a lot of people. If it's just like a if it's just like a few people, I, I don't feel it. I feel it if, if there's a lot of people around because I think I just try to think from the mind of a, of a mass shooter. You know, I think they I think they would want to get as many people as possible. So then I get I get kind of on edge, kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of uneasy. You know, what one really got me almost probably more so than the school shootings was the one in El Paso yeah. in 2019. That one, because f- he was so blatant about, mm-hmm. like, I, I want to kill Mexicans. Yeah. That one kind of messed with me a little oh, bit. Oh, I, I, can, I can only imagine. That's like yeah. similar to how I felt about the church shooting. Um, mm-hmm. About I D- yeah. Dylan Roof. Yeah. It and, takes a, it takes a certain individual, especially in schools and especially in a church, right? To, mm-hmm. to go in there and to start shooting people. Yeah. Like what? I don't understand what the what the cause of it was. Like that's why earlier when we were discussing mental health, it's like I know it's something that needs to be addressed. 
I just, I don't know the solution because I don't even understand how, mm-hmm. how that becomes a problem. Like, look at Sandy Hook. How do you get in a mindset to do something so vile? To a bunch of kids. Yeah. I don't, that being said though, right? Like, what is the, what is the cause of it, you know? Because I know there's always like the argument of, of taking away the guns. Do you, what do you think of that argument? That's where I was going to go next. Uh-oh. What do you think? I mean. Oh, no. Get rid of I them all. No. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel good about that. I don't agree with that either. I, I don't, don't think I don't feel good with, well, I'm like, they're just going to find a, a different way to, if people want to kill a bunch of people to me, they're going to figure out a way to do that. Yes. Absolutely though. Absolutely. It needs to be so much harder to get a gun, like in certain states, because in certain states, it's way too easy to go get a gun in California. No, in California, because I wanted to get one. Because I'm like, no, I need to protect myself, you know. Mm-hmm. I have I have a shotgun. I have a Benelli 28 shotgun. Oh, nice. But I'm, I was like, no, I need like a little... Something, something. A little small piece, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, Do you want to get like a concealed carry? Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, because, I think everyone should. Well, because eventually, in like a year, I'm hoping to to move, to move, and I'll be on my own. I'm like, I don't want to be a young woman just living on my own. Like, I need to protect myself, you yeah. know. Um. So, yeah. And that that would that would make me feel so much safer if I had a gun. Yeah. So that's I'm like no I don't want to take take that away. Um. Sorry. So yeah I don't know I I just don't see that as being. Also I just don't see that being. Um, it seems easier said than done too. It's like oh you want like take the guns. Nobody's gonna give up their guns. No nobody's gonna give nobody's up their guns. That's to me. I I personally I just feel like that's a waste of time to even try. Yeah. They are absolutely, these conservatives are absolutely not giving up their guns. I know a lot of people that aren't conservatives that are not going to give up their guns. Yeah. Like. I'm not going to give them mine. I'm like, let's not, let's not do that. Cause I feel like that's just more, more of it's a. Gonna, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. It's more, yeah. it's just so much more of a problem. Um, but it definitely needs to be so harder to get when you have, to, I think you need to go through psych evaluations and so, so many things. And I don't think you should be able to go purchase a gun at these like huge gun shows, you know? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like that idea. I don't, it's weird. I've tried to have this discussion with a few different people and it's never, it has not worked out to my no? benefit yet. Oh, no. how come? Because they think we should get rid of them? They, I just, that's not going to, also the the black market for, for it's huge. Arm, it's so huge. A lot of them come from Mexico I'm like, too, unfortunately. And it's, it's only going to increase yeah. if we take away the guns. Yeah. They funnel in from South America. They funnel in from everywhere. Like, and I think, I think people just don't realize that. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people don't see that. Like, they just think. So getting getting rid of guns, like, oh, they're just going to go round up everyone's guns and then no one's going to be able to get them anymore. I'm like, no, that's not it. First the else, good people aren't going to be able to get them yeah, anymore. Yeah, and so, and so many so many guns are are registered to people that don't even have those guns. You know, mm-hmm. like other people, people steal guns all the time. Yeah. So. I've tried, I've brought it up about, because, you know, everyone wants to ban an AR-15, right? They're like, mm-hmm. we need to ban assault rifles. And my approach has always been like, okay, what are we trying to solve? We don't want mass shootings. Well, you don't need an AR to go do a mass shooting. Arguably, they would kill more people if they had a little 9mm. A, you can carry more ammo. And B, it's concealable, right? So they could get into any space. So yeah. if we really want to stop mass shootings, That's we should get That's why I think I'm like the, the AR is so... You can, you can spot that person. Yeah, which is weird. I can't figure out why. I think it's probably because of the look. Everyone thinks it looks cool. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's been the one that's been used. Because, you know, we're going down a weird rabbit hole strategically. It's not, it wouldn't be the weapon of choice if you were trying to do something mm-hmm. outrageous like that. So what, we're going to ban ARs? Okay. 
I don't think that's going to solve anything. So then what? Do we ban Do we ban the next one? Okay, well then we're going to start banning pistols. Then it just seems like that it seems like there are better steps we could take. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I just like I, just, I just don't think taking away the guns is going to solve anything. I yeah. just I just don't. Also, um it seems like a lot of the school shooters not school shooters, just mass shooters, because mm-hmm. not all of them shoot at schools. Um, they're, They seem to be really active in these, like, super white supremacist sites online that are super, like, radicalized. I know that, um, I'm pretty sure Dylan Ruff, he was super in, into that. I know that the, what's it called, Park, Parkland, Florida, mm-hmm. that he was all, was also super into those sites. You the know, nightclub into, one? Uh, no, the school Parkland in Florida, oh, the oh, kids, oh, 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 the, yeah. the high school kids. Um, and it just seems like that, that seems to be a common trend. I know also the column, the Columbine shooters, yeah. super, super like white supremacists, maybe not into the sites because I'm sure I was not as developed back then, mm-hmm. but they still were into that ideology. And so monitor, like if you have all this technology, why can't you monitor those sites better? And also with the, with the Parkland shooter, they had received, the FBI had received warnings about that kid before he shot, before he murdered all those kids. So... Maybe be more more prevent preventative too, because I feel like that one definitely could have been prevented if they had taken it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are definitely these patterns you can see yeah. across all of them. I'm like, come on, if we can, if I if I can see that, and I'm like, can't even recall all of them. Like yeah. you guys, cl- you guys clearly have um, the data intelligence and the analytics to figure out how to stop them. Yeah. Uh, so what is funny though is that all. You know, you see all these people that were super far left and super anti-gun, and now they're like, "Oh man, I gotta get, I gotta get." I a need gun. a gun. I need yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the hypocrisy. Come mm-hmm. on, you guys. Yeah. No, I've seen, I've seen also like in the black community, a lot of people saying, "No, we need to arm ourselves." I think I'm, I'm like, yeah, hello. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's why I, I usually have like been fairly, fairly quiet, but I, I'm definitely for universal background checks, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, people who have been convicted of like domestic violence and such they should not have guns yeah. i don't i don't think they should should be allowed to because i think that's dangerous mm-hmm. so yeah definitely just more more strict not not taking them away though and i think honestly i think if they really um if we really tried to take guns away from people i really believe we would have a civil war yeah i can't even picture what that would like look can you like. you really think people are just gonna hand their guns over it's not it's not gonna happen and is it is it worth it to for for millions to die yeah because i think i think a lot of people would die uh yeah i think that and how and how are they going to enforce that like who's who's going to be the ones do you think the police are going to no i feel like the no the police are not gonna, to, the, the police yeah. themselves are not going to be okay with that yeah i like i've talked i've, I've talked well. i've talked to police officers before and they tell me like no you should get a gun mm-hmm. so like to protect yourself they're the great of, equalizer because it's it's crazy out here and um I don't, you said you just moved back here so i don't know if you know this um in fortuna i've read in the news people are driving and someone just randomly like will shoot like a pellet gun at them you know like oh, at no, their I've car about that. yeah but it's like i know yeah that's bad that they're shooting that but first of all that's a pellet gun so that wouldn't get taken away but it's like imagine if you if you can protect yourself like if you can turn that on someone they will not do that to you you know that's just kind of how i feel and those those kinds of things like happen a lot and it's like you think someone like that is gonna turn their guns in? Yeah, no. 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 Absolutely not. So I think everybody should get a gun. Yeah. I think so too. I think it'd be a lot, you know, look at Texas, right? Mm-hmm. 
You're definitely a lot more polite. Everyone's a little more courteous, and it's because they're all packing something. Mm-hmm. You know, it does it does have some sort of effect? Yeah, it does. I would, I would, I personally would feel safer. I know other people won't, but I don't. I don't think they get to determine how yeah. we should all like what makes us all feel safe. You know, but there are responsibilities with that, and that's where it worries me too. Because I do believe if you have, you know, if you're gonna do a CCW, that, you know. A, most importantly, you better be able to use that thing accurately, right? Yes. You better be calm under pressure and you better, if you pull that out and you're going to use it, you better be spot on. Mm -hmm. But B, and this is the same argument I have for the police, if you are carrying it, you better be able to make sure that you can keep somebody else from getting that, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like those two cops for Rayshard Brooks, there's no reason that two officers should not have been able to, you know, subdue one guy. Regardless of if he's drunk. Yeah. Like, I don't get why they don't use tasers more. Sorry. I just, I think they tried. I think they didn't, one of them pull their taser. I didn't didn't see that particular case. I was just like stating in general. Mm -hmm. You think, or why don't they have like, I I don't know, like, I'm like, why did the cops even have batons? I I thought they would like uh, hit people with batons before, um, before just shooting them. Seems like now they just like are so like trigger ready. Yeah. There's definitely that. So I'm like, I'm like, what is that? But you, you sh- they should know some technique to be able to, mm-hmm. especially two of them. Yeah. Like, A, you let him get away, and B, he took a taser off of you. Like, Ooh. Yeah. C- come on, guys. That's when mistakes he made. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they just subdued him, you know, you'd have to think it would have turned out better than it did. Yeah. I definitely don't, I don't think, like, everyone should just be walking around with a gun on them. Like, I feel like that's def- definitely not safe. Not everyone is equipped to to, yeah. hand- to handle that, to deal to deal with that. But the thought that there are definitely like a, a significant amount of people out there with with a concealed weapon on them, I I feel like that would deter a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, when there was that one case where the guy shot that guy that went into a church. Yeah, no, I've I have seen. Unfortunately, those those cases don't get much traction. Mm-hmm. But I have seen a video of an old man pulling out his gun on someone trying trying to shoot people. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, that never that doesn't get yeah, highlighted. Yeah, they don't. Those. They don't want to talk about those that, aren't but... broadcasted everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't fit the narrative. Mm-mm. But I'm like, the narrative. I feel like is always meant to harm us. I'm like, okay, they. I don't know. They want to take it, take it away. They, they definitely are using it for their own gain. Yeah, which is what you have to be careful. I'm like, of. they are. T- they want to take it away, but they still have all their guns. That's what I also have a problem with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, I also, I also know that. I know it's not like, oh, just because we have guns, it's protecting us. Because I know they could still drop um, could still drop bombs on us or anything. Still, it will help. It will definitely help to some degree, you yeah. know? Especially especially from um, from a foreign invasion, you know? I yeah. feel like that, that really... That ha- ever did happen. I mean, I feel like I don't see it happening anytime soon since our military is the most funded in the whole world. But, um, by a long shot. I think by the next three countries combined, yeah. I think. Yeah, something like that. But uh, but if it like even if it wasn't, I feel like other countries wouldn't want to have invade regardless, just because the thought that the people all have guns. Yeah. You know, it's like in these other countries they don't all have guns, so it'd be a lot easier to take over. Yeah, and we're lucky because we're, you know, we're not landlocked in Europe. We've yeah. got Canada to the north and Mexico to the mm-hmm. south. So I mean, yeah, we have such a geographical advantage. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. That that those are my those are my opinions. They're definitely not um very like popular. I'm not I definitely don't believe that people should just be able to go get a gun. Mm-hmm. Like that trust me, there definitely need to be 
a lot of laws yeah. passed regarding that. Just on, on a federal level, just so all the states have to follow it. Because clearly some states are not going to um, to implement safe, safe Yeah, policies. but we could we could definitely still take some measures. Because I know in California, like, you have you have to show proof that you have a safe mm-hmm. um, and, all, and all these things. So the guns would be safe. Like I don't, from people trying to to do harm with them, so I think I think that's good. Even though it's a little bit costly, it's yeah, but still, it's the price that you pay for it. Especially safety. if you have kids, right? Yeah, you would definitely want to keep them locked up because mm-hmm. you don't need your kid finding that. No, I've actually heard a, heard a story from a family friend. Uh, they knew somebody, and the when the kids were little, one sibling accidentally shot the other sibling. So oh that's why God. that's why I definitely see the necessity. Was he, was he, were there sibling okay? No. Yeah. It was a long time ago, but that, that makes me understand the need for having, for requiring safes, you know, so the kids kind of get into them. I thought the parent felt just awful. Oh, God, yeah. How do, how do you live, live that? Yeah. yeah. Responsible gun ownership mm-hmm. is a huge portion. Yeah, so I don't know. That's why I, that's why I feel like we never get anywhere with gun, with gun safety, just because everyone's like, take him away. I'm like, okay, let's... Yeah, it's that extreme, right? There's yeah. no middle. It's, it's we have to take everyone's guns. Nobody should get a yeah, gun. And then it's like, like no, it's not. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, we gotta find some middle ground where it's like, yeah, okay, we could, we should do that. Yeah, and it doesn't infringe on anybody's rights to have a gun, mm-hmm. but it protects people. Yeah, which I think is something that we should all be able to get behind. And I just like, I wonder. I I really don't know anything about like the history of mass shootings in America. You know, like mm-hmm. if they were a prevalent thing in the past and they just weren't talked about or wide, widely shared or if it's just really just a more recent phenomenon That's like a like good do you, question. like do you think That's there really do you think question. there were mass shootings like in like the early 20th century you know it's like i have no it's like i have no I, idea i've never thought about it because then it's like if, we, if i feel like it's like you know i'm big on history if we if we knew that if we knew the statistics on that i feel like we'd be able to make a, a better decision about how to come up with a solution you know my knee-jerk reaction reaction would be to say that it's fairly recent right because columbine was a huge shakeup mm-hmm. and it woke everyone up and it's like whoa yeah so whereas if it had been happening before i think people unless that was just the first school one yeah but you know back then like we had we had like i mean shooting the you know 30s and 40s like we had world war ii we were yeah. dealing with so it's like i think people were more consumed with other things than to go around and mm-hmm. shoot people up in a weird way. And also, way. I feel like I feel like uh, gun ownership was more of a thing back then too. Would, would that you, would be would, interesting would, to would, look would, at. Would you say like more more people just carried guns around them, carried guns on them? I don't know. I would think that maybe more. You know, because you always see like these little like like wild west kind of things it, mm-hmm. seems, it seems like everyone has a gun i just wonder Back how, then, how, yeah. how accurate that depiction is but i think is. there are more guns in circulation in america today than ever before yeah but that could be like a small portion owning a lot of guns yeah that's what i, bet, that's yeah, what, back that's what in I the think day, that is yeah i think back in the day it was more diversified probably because mm-hmm. i mean if we're talking wild west if you don't have a gun and somebody comes in your house you're, you're screwed yeah, yeah like, you're that's, done yeah i feel like that's like your, your main source of protection yeah. in those times your I mean, gun, not the not the police. Yeah, people were shooting each other in the street. You had to have a <laughs> yeah. Gun. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I just wonder. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of those touchy topics to t- to talk about, though. Which it shouldn't be. I know. None of these should be. That's that's what's unfortunate about it. Like people need to, like you said Loose earlier. Up. Yeah, let people express their yeah. their views on things. We're just talking. Mm-hmm. Just have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. 
go into it with an open mind mm-hmm. and just see what happens. Yeah. I, I asked my mom before because we, we have this discussion a lot, you know. So I, I, I always, like, play devil's advocate with her because mm-hmm. she's super um, she's super strong in her beliefs about gun ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, pro it or against Pro, it? yeah. Okay. And I ask her, I'm like, Mom, what if I, if I was killed in a mass shooting? You know, like, I ask her if that would that would alter her beliefs and and she says she says no like she she's like me she believes that we need gun reform on a national level Mm -hmm. you know but and i was like "Hmm, i don't know i don't know how i would feel if one of my family members were killed in a a mass shooting like i I can't i can't really speak on how i would feel you know because yeah how do you put yourself in that because the emotions of of that and yeah i don't know what i would actually feel like you know yeah everyone likes to speculate but until you're there Mm -hmm. it's really different yeah Yeah, so then i so then that's why i always like try to play devil's advocate you know because i'm like i i just i imagine myself having this discussion with the parent of a of a sandy hook victim Mm -hmm. you know and just how how they feel about it would be interesting to ask them you know and see hey are you like that's a person who is actually affected by this yeah so hey what do you think about what are your what is your take yeah on gun rights mm-hmm. that, I, I wonder like, if that's like out nothing, there nothing happened i feel like i feel like uh columbine happened nothing for years you know you had like virginia tech i didn't really hear much about school shootings mm-hmm. once i feel like once sandy hook happened i feel like like the trayvon martin thing so once sandy hook happened you just have this string of consecutive mass shootings and and that got so much attention. And then I'm like, same with uh, Tray- the killing of Trayvon Martin. I feel like ever since then, um, there was su- such a stronger sense of awareness of mm-hmm. police brutality against black people. Like those are just uh, two cases that kind of just really stick out to me. And it's crazy to me because I just remember they both happened during my freshman year of high school. And ever since then, within within both of those like, kind of movements, like things just really escalated from 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 those two points on. So that's kind of something else I think about. I'm like, that's really interesting. You know, those both happened at the same time, and they both seem to have become like progressively worse yeah. since then. Or we or we paid more attention. I'm not sure. I think with police brutality, it's definitely that we just start paying more attention. With, with the in the case of Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. with Sandy Hook, I'm not sure if it really was just. I think it, that one was just like no more school shootings really did happen after then. Because I think with those, I think what happens is these people just become kind of inspired and they they want to do it. You mm-hmm. know, like they see it and they want like the, copycat killers. Yeah, they want it. They want I think they just like want the fame of it. You know, that's why I try not to even like speak their names, you know. Yeah, I don't even I don't know. Even thinking about it, it's like, how do you put your brain in a position to where that's something that you could do? Mm-hmm. Like, it just is so outside of the norm. Yeah of anything like prevention we i'm like can you rehabilitate rehabilitate those people like who wants to risk that what would rehabilitation even look like yeah when we don't even know why they're like that yeah that's such that's an extreme that's like i I don't know because you can rehabilitate someone that's murdered someone so maybe but to a do mass it. murderer. Yeah. And even more so if it's in a school. Mm-hmm. Like especially go, a little elementary school kids. Yeah. How do you how that do you come sick. back from that? Yeah, I don't think you can. Yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to put society at that who risk. Who would want to try? And yeah. who would trust you when you're out? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh these things need to be taken more seriously, you know, when there is a threat. 
um, even here, I think Fortuna High, I think had to get shut down maybe, or there was the threat. Of yeah, like, over Snapchat or something. Some dude yeah. texted a picture of a gun and was like, "Don't come to school." Today I would, I would, if I was a student or if I was a parent of a student there, I would not want them going to school at all there. Like, I would yeah, definitely pull them nice. out. But some kids just do dumb stuff like no, that. No, they totally, they totally do, and it's like it's hard to distinguish. But do you want to do? Because they don't get the magnitude of it. They're, they're mm-hmm. you're just too young. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. You don't realize that that's going to get out, and then it's a series of events that is huge. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. I have no idea. Like at least we're talking about it, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, hopefully something will come. Well, we just did four hours. Oh wow! I know that's right? crazy. Time flies. That is really crazy. Oh, God, it's five forty-two. Right? <laughs> that is nuts. Do you want to uh, plug your social so people can find you or find? That page you were talking about or anything? Or oh, you don't, um, totally sure, don't yeah. To. My, it's just Soraya Glasper on everything. Should I, should I spell my name? Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Yes. I'll put it in the bio too, but just to be sure. Uh, okay, Um, Soraya, S-A-R-I-Y-A-H, Glasper, G-L-A-S-P-E-R. And in, that, my, in my Instagram bio, I have the link to the GoFundMe for Josiah's litigation assistance and then if you go on facebook go to justice for david josiah lawson and you can find links to the episodes regarding his case also to petitions to get his case moved which the more people that sign that the better because that that's the best chance we have at getting justice for him is to have his case moved out of Pummel county i hope more people check that out i i really i really do too it's like you just have to all you have to do is sign a petition it takes two seconds it means it makes the world of difference to charmaine Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. I had a great time. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys.